This week in league, Shane Flanagan's earned himself a contract upgrade. No, he's not going to a good team. He's just booked another few seasons in Cronulla. It is with humility that we wish to advise that press conferences should not be called to announce that shit is staying exactly the way it was. Robbie Farah suffers an embarrassing wardrobe malfunction on NRL and Fox when his tampon fell out on national television. And we'll review all of the action from round five of the 2012 NRL season. Quiet more this week in league. Welcome to episode 81 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. So, <laughs> the weekend that so, was. what a sombre, sombre episode we have in store. Yeah, some people have uh, requested, well, you know, expecting that we're going to do a shorter episode well, this week. Well, I can't see that happening. No, that's not going to happen at all. We will take our medicine. We might be sad, but geez, yeah. we'll still talk shit. Yeah, and I'm not that sad. Are you like, you're genuinely, you're, you're sad. You fucking kidding? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm suicidal, bitch. Okay, cool. Fuck this shit. I'm over it. Cool. Fucking, you're not actually sad that your team lost to Parramatta? No. Okay. No. There's a lot of shit going around there. We're all good. (sighs) Yep. Okay. I figured this is where you'd go with it. And we'll get to the, and we'll get to the, uh, we'll get to the match reports and everything. Yeah, let's um, move on. I'm tired of listening to your bullshit already. But let's just say, now, what are we going to say, Nathan? Let's just say what? I just want to say that, what do you want to say, Nathan? It sounds like, what does it sound like? You're hitting the panic button. Like a chimp, like some deranged chimp, just banging on the panic button. And meanwhile, I'm like, he'll turn around. So I just want to say, that's the frames, that, that's the frames of mind we're going with, okay? Yes. Okay, cool. Yes. You you have a, a premiership, a recent premiership to fall back on, mate. <laughs> two, but two since yours. No. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's like digging the knife in or anything, but yeah, two of them. Panic. Panic. <laughs> panic. <laughs> News first story, Cooper Cronk and Nathan Hindmarsh. They weren't both press conferences, of course, uh, but two announcements. Same day, Cooper Cronk was first thing in the morning, Nathan Hindmarsh was later in the afternoon. Could not have been more different and, uh, I guess, more entertaining and uh, more appropriate. Cooper Cronk first, called the press conference himself, wasn't the club, himself, called the press conference to announce that he wasn't doing anything. Uh, he was staying where he was, and he was just going to re-sign, re-up for another four-year stint with the Melbourne Storm. May as well have done it with his own penis in his hand. Exactly. Um, obviously, Cooper Cronk is a, a massive fan of Cooper Cronk. Loves to hear Cooper Cronk speak at uh, Cooper Cronk authorised press conferences. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, tosser. I'm calling it. I never he was decked problem. out in official Cooper Cronk merchandise. <laughs> he was, he was. The Cooper Cronk range. <laughs> Cooper Cronk signature Cronk series. by Cronk for Cronk. <laughs> and he had, uh, he had obviously, the uh, the perfume. You know, the Cooper Cronk fragrance. He had eau de Cronk. Smells like cheating. <laughs> Smells like cheating. <laughs> Sensational. Yeah. And, uh, of course, you know, he's, he's quite well. I mean, you know, <laughs> can you get your suits from Harvey Norman? It's not. <laughs> but no doubt about it. I mean, behind the scenes, he would have rolled up to the press conference on like a Segway or something that he, you know, that he bought from Harvey Norman. <laughs> <laughs> Segway, I love it. That's right. That's a mental image. Cooper Cronk on a Segway. Now, we'll fast Surely forward. they would have had it, you know, so, dockside. 
Well, yeah. Surely they would have had a dockside. They could have rocked up in a boat. boat. Yeah, yeah. James Bond style. Towing a caravan. It's the Cronk. Yeah, yeah. Brought to you by Cronk for Cronk. So like Miami Vice style. What? Cronk it in pubs. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I don't have much else to say except what a wank that was. I mean... It's just it was a really super self indulgent thing. It wasn't even it wasn't an entertaining press conference. He didn't really have much to say other than just bam out with the announcement. Um, this is a guy that got caught up in the contract, you know, game and uh, finding out what he's you know by all means test your value on the open market and everything like that. That's fantastic. Find you know gives your club notice how much you're worth, how much you need to get paid to be retained. That's fine. But then just I mean it was only like last week when Cherry Evans is the same thing just resigned and just seen in the paper. Cherry Evans is re up for another couple of years. Happy days. Move on. Yes. Sometimes these guys are ill-advised. This is one of those moments. <laughs> well, yeah, so I think what the blame is probably goes on his... Uh, I mean, it probably pales in comparison to the decision. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, as far as self-absorbed, he's a bit of a sponge. Definitely, definitely. Now, we move on to Hindmarsh, on the other hand. Legend of the game um, in a shit team. What? Uh, Could this guy be any more of a champion? We no. could if well, he played for the Tigers. Well, if he played, if he, if he played for Manly, I mean, obviously because he would have won, well, you know, at least two premierships. Um, <laughs> yeah, depending on what he. Doing. But seriously, <laughs> the, it's not. I mean, it's the way he announces his retirement. It's the way he gives a press conference post game. Yeah. Um, it's the names he gives his children. Yeah. Buster, yeah. Rowdy, yeah. something else. <laughs> I mean, he's a champion. Absolute legend. He's the type of bloke that I would love to just be in a pub somewhere, just slamming down bourbons. Yep. Just for the lols. Yep, exactly. Exactly. What an awesome bloke. And quite frankly, his speech was so good. Here it is again, right now. G'day, guys. I think you all know what's coming in this speech. So let me just say it. I won Powerball last night, so I won't be back next season. (laughs) No, that's not right. Um,. What I want you to know is that I'll be retiring at the end of this season, so 2012 will be my last hurrah. Uh, 15 years at Para, this, this legendary club, it's, it's hard to believe. Um, I made the decision late last year and informed the coach and the people close to me that 2012 was going to be my last season. Um, I know there has been a lot of speculation about my career of late and I thank the club for giving me the, the time I needed to make this decision public. I always wanted. To, I was always going to announce it early on in the season, and ideally, I would have liked to have done it, coming off four straight wins. But uh, unfortunately, that's footy, and that's the way things go. That's why I'm announcing my retirement now. I, I love this club. It's been my life since I was 16 years old. I've made lifelong friends. I've met my wife and watched my kids' faces light up when I tell them they can come to work and watch Dad. I'm hoping by announcing this, though, that it will take some pressure off the coach, uh, my teammates and the club can get back to focusing on what's really important, uh, which is winning games. Uh, announcing the end of my career, is a, it's, a, it's a bloody weird thing because my life doesn't stop. Uh, rugby league doesn't stop and the kids in Bond certainly won't stop needing me. So in some ways I think I'm announcing the end of the best years of my life, but really I'm just beginning a new chapter. Uh, I can't wait to sit up in the stands with my young boys and, and watch, the, watch the team go around and have a nice cold beer in my hand. So. I have some things in the pipeline for 2013, uh, definitely involving footy and, and the media and, and, and the kids of the, of the game. So um, let's face it, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a very important man. I have many leather-bound books and my apartment smells of rich mahogany. But rugby league is a roller coaster, and I think you know, the people who ride it with you the most are the fans and without their support, you know, through the ups and downs, uh, 
Um, you know, I can't tell you how much I appreciate all your support. I love coming to the game and seeing all your familiar faces. You're the backbone of rugby league, so please keep turning up. There are so many people who have been an integral part of my career, but I think I'll have to thank you at a later date. There's just so many of you. I, I'm, I will retire as a, as a one-club player, which I'm very proud of, and I'm going to finish my career the same way I started, and that's utterly and deeply exhausted, knowing that I've tried my best and left everything on the field. Um, thank you for, for this, and I will see you all at the game on Saturday. Let's go the Eels. Can't wait. So quite frankly, anyone who quotes Anchorman in a retirement Oh, is that where that was from? You fucking know it was. No, see, oh, we didn't really speak about that, though. Did you, you've seen Anchorman, right? Yes. Okay. You, you, you understand why I have to ask, though? <laughs> you can't, I'm well aware of the situation, yes. You, you, can't be, you can't be mad at me for asking because it's a genuine question I honestly didn't know. And I mean, we had a situation, you know, before we hit record tonight where... And your first was, inclination was to believe that I hadn't seen Kindergarten Cop. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I was almost close to... You know, there was almost not a show. Ever I, again. I can't work with someone like that. Just can't do it. <laughs> Won't do it. <laughs> but yeah, awesome job, Hindy. Um, you're totally upstaged the boring uh, and self-indulgent uh, press conference from Cooper Cronk. So um, good on your champion. And uh, you deserve better things in your career, quite frankly. And it's too late now. But champion nonetheless. Yes. All right, next story. I don't feel like doing that story. So next story. Oh, Gerald Beald. He is officially official. Gerald? Son. Is that Gerard's Gerald, brother? Gerald Beal. It's Gerard Beal. Oh, he did drive, Bill. My mistake. What did I say? Gerald's I his Gerald. cousin. <laughs> he, uh, he's a his special, world champion curler. His, his special cousin, Gerald. Yes. And, uh, well, you know, but how... You know, Gerald himself is obviously a little bit special as well. I mean, because, you know, he killed Lockie. He did kill Lockie. But he is officially... I mean, a crime that has now gone punished because he's going to play for the Dragons. Although, I have seen a significant amount of oh no, don't go kind of sentiment from Broncos fans... I would have thought this guy would have been... Are these the same Broncos fans that said, can't wait to get rid of him? Give gay guy a go? Okay, well, I'm going to name and shame... Well, not name and shame. It's no shame, really. Erin. At Erin Louise Tate. Biggest Lockie fan ever. What the hell is she now? Refers to him as her husband slash, you know, future husband. You know, it's Lockie, all Lockie, all the time, even though he's retired. Yes. She probably wanted to have him around just on the off chance. Down the shop one day, sees Gerald with his cousin Gerard. Yep. Takes one look, sees the imprint of Lockie's face on his knee. Yep. It's a bit like that um, stain of Jesus' face in the cloth. And falls in love with his leg. Like, yeah. <laughs> Starts humping his knee, whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She's like, no shame in that. Like she's like, say. don't go. I, I, I mean, as, as someone on the outside looking in, I would have thought that perhaps he would have had the status inside the Broncos organisation in the eyes of the fans as like uh, Ashton Sims. Like, on a par of that, smashing Lockie's head in is the same as dropping that ball that led to Melbourne scoring yeah, the, the final. Yeah, we don't like to mention that in front of Broncos fans, remember? No, we like don't, it. but I love doing it. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. I love doing it. It's a pain that never ends, and it, you know, it's awesome. Um, <laughs> but enough about Yeah, I, I haven't really seen a great deal of sentiment other than probably Erin, I guess. She's probably yeah. been there. As we record this on Tuesday, it's only the news, the official news. I mean, we kind of mentioned it last week, I think, or the week before. It, yeah. it seemed like it was going to happen, so it was kind of an open secret, but it is actually, he signed it today, a three-year deal. Uh, on the actual cash side of things, I'm not sure how much for, but, you know, 150 bucks probably. Interesting that he, he wants to go there to play fullback, and Brett, Moss is, Brett Morris is killing it at fullback at the moment. Yeah, so. well, I guess he's going to compete for the fullback role. 
Hmm. Whether or not he's not going to just walk straight Like he's competing it. for a wing role at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, 42 NRL appearances for the Broncos. Did anyone tell him that Bennett's not coaching Dragons anymore? Well, I mean, he never played a game under Bennett anyway. What's, Still, he, what's he care about that? What does he want to play for the Dragons for? If they're not coached by Wayne Bennett, what's the appeal? I don't get it. Must have been a lot of money. Yeah, maybe. A lot of money. Okay, moving right along to Robbie Farah on NRL on Fox. Today, the news... Staving off a vicious attack on national television like a true champion. The current piece of news about this is that he is uh, was offered to go on tomorrow night. So, uh, Wednesday night of this week. He knocked it back. They asked him to appear, As you on, would. They asked him to appear on the show. Um, you know, Obviously, he accused Johns of ambushing him by asking a series of tough questions, uh, like whether the Tigers pack was soft and if Tim Sheens had lost the senior playing group. Um, but yeah... He's, uh, he's declined to do it. And so we won't get to see a repeat performance of... Uh, politely. I'm sure he's politely declined. Oh, a very polite I, individual. I, I right? dare say he probably softly declined. Now, you've seen it. I've seen it. Uh, it was funny. I saw Twitter going off at the time. I was watching something else um, when, it, when it was happening. So I quickly hit the IQ to record it so I could watch it when I had the chance. And so Twitter went through this build-up for a day, probably by the time I got a chance to actually watch it. Because your opinion matters on Twitter, apparently. It really does. People are like, what do you People think People need about? to spend more time with you and realise that fucking once you do that, your opinion counts for naught. Well, what the, the reason why is because I saw two distinct streams of Twitter users. There were the Twitter users that were saying, oh, at Robbie Farrar, Matt Johns is such a scumbag, blah, blah, blah. You know, he's out of line ambushing you, blah, blah, blah. Then you had the other stream, which was... Dragons fans. Well, no, not just Dragons. No, this is anyone except for Tigers fans, probably, saying... Oh, gee, Farrah is a cat. What a soft cock, blah, blah, blah. You know, put your tampon back in, you know, you little bitch. The thing is, the people who were supporting him, of course, they were including his at name in their in their tweet to him. The people who weren't were just saying Robbie or Farrah or they weren't putting his name in, you know. Yeah. And so I just said a tweet and said, look, you know, if you're going to come out and slam the dude, then fucking put his at name in it, you know. Like, I mean, he's on Twitter. Yeah. Put him in there, you know, man up and actually, you know, sl- slam him to his face. And some you know, people did. Some people did, yeah. It wasn't it wasn't like a 100%, you know, either way thing. But uh, some people did. Um, a lot of people didn't. <laughs> and a lot of people, and then people who did, had said something negative about him, they'll start tweeting me like, you know, like I was meaning them directly. I know a bunch of people I didn't even know fucking did a tweet, <laughs> dobbing themselves in. <laughs> anyway, so people who want to know my opinion, I think... I think uh, Matty Johns, he's he's a fucking he's a dickhead, like no question about it. Um, he's he's not a serious character, you know, like, and he's and I don't know if he wants to be like a a Paul Kent kind of controversial kind of dude on TV, but that's not him. He's just he's a he's a dickhead, really. I mean, but he said on he said on the grill team the following day that he'd cleared the questions with Farrah in advance. Whether he did that or not, it's beside the point. From the footage that I saw from on the show. He asked him before he asked the question. He said, "Look, I'm going to go go hard." Mm-hmm. And Robbie said, "Yeah, that's cool. Go for it." And then, even despite that, yeah, he said that the pack was soft. Um, but really, I don't think it was that bad. I don't think it was that bad either. And you can see Robbie's a competitive guy, and he's obviously the fact that the Tigers are playing like crap at the moment obviously stings him as the captain of the club as much as it does anyone, yeah, including fan base. But I didn't think his reaction was that bad. I don't, yeah, really? I don't think he even arced up. He didn't you know, that he, he could tell that he bristled a little bit, and he probably there was yeah. a, a bit that he, you know, he did fire back a bit. And but you've seen it a thousand times before. I mean, like, yeah, I, I didn't. 
I didn't think it was worthy of of the beat up on Twitter and, and the media made out of it. Another thing, well, just he on made, that, he made a he made a bit of a beat. Yeah, the, 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 the thing said, where, where Robbie probably was went a little bit awry is when he come off the show and he tweeted about being ambushed. Yeah, and but then he forget- tweeted at Braith and Astor and said, "Oh, what about that shit?" Yeah, and like. But Just don't forget as well that he also tweeted before he went in, before he left home to go to the show, saying that he was expecting a rough night. Okay. So I mean, so he fucking he knew what he was getting so, to. Well, I mean, that maybe that was why he fired back as he did. He was obviously yeah. on the defensive before he went in there. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Um, one thing I'll say about Matty Johns is, as an ex-player and, and a well-respected guy, and he's also be, he's always been in the media as that fun-loving, you yeah. know, funny guy with the bullshit sketches. Dumb characters, that I don't, you know. Yeah, d- I, which I don't, doesn't appeal to me, but they d- appeal to other people. And, and didn't, the appeal, players, didn't appeal to any of the people who watch the Matty John show. No. Uh, but obviously, um, that's obviously struck a chord with a lot of the players, probably more yeah. out of respect for his career and, and yeah. what he achieved in the game, etc. Um, so that does give him an element of access and... Familiarity, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, familiarity, yeah. Um, and it, it gets a bit more of an intimate perspective with, yep. with the players to to ask those sorts of questions. But the way that he asked them was yeah. definitely like, "I'm a journo now." Yeah, yeah. I'm not the guy that I've, I've sort of lured everyone, all the players in. You know, I'm mates, matey mate sort of thing. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm just that happy go lucky guy. It was definitely okay. I'm on NRL in Fox now. I'm going to be a hard hitting journo. To yeah. that's where I'm going to take my career now. Yeah. The sketches and all the bullshit things didn't work on Channel Seven. Yep. So this is this is. I just think that's going to be an interesting transition now that players are going to realise. Okay, well that's yeah, the tact he's taking. On the show. Yeah. Well, maybe. Well, that's Robbie did say. Good luck getting people to come on your show. Yeah. I don't know that people are going to avoid it. I think he's still no. going to have an element of respect from the players, but there's going to be a definite transition between what the players would have expected going on a show hosted yeah. by Matthew Johns as to what they're going to get now. So. If you're a player that's going shit or who, in it from a team who's going shit, yeah. I bet you they're like, you know, far more likely to, to turn down the invitation. If, you, you know, if you're if you gunning it and you're just talking about the contract, you just signed yeah. a four-year contract with, you know, worth $3 million, yeah. of course you're going to go in there. What's he going to say? He's not going to say shit. Um, exactly. The other thing as well, he kind of contradicted himself as well because he went in there and asked, the, asked a question. What did he ask a question about? He was sort of saying... Um, you know, about the losses and everything, and oh, you know, you're soft, the, the team's soft, and then Robbie hit back going, well, you know, like last year, you know, we we lost games as well, and people said the same thing, and then we won nine in a row, and it was all, you know, everything yeah. was all good, and, uh, and he goes, oh, well, that's footy, isn't it? Well, no, you just said it wasn't footy, you just said that yeah. it was soft, I mean, yeah, yeah. make up your fucking mind, man, but um, yeah. I don't think he, you know, he's not exactly an experienced journo either, so no. he probably wasn't... Um, as well prepared for, for Robbie's responses as he could have been. Yeah. Um, I think the whole thing probably could have been handled better by both parties. But at the end of the day, if you're going to put yourself out there on TV um, and in a show such as that, whether, you know, you, you're obviously going in there expecting some hard questions, then um, you've got to be prepared for the fallout. And I think Robbie's probably learned a bit of a lesson there. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, okay, still on the Tigers, uh, Willie Mason... Last week, it was made clear that he wasn't going to be, uh, you know, thinking of talking to him. Uh, he was possibly going to get a run, uh, you know, maybe an incentive-based deal, something like that. Uh, then it was hit on the head, you know, due to opposition from, you know, a number of fronts for the club. I think I think the players and everything were like, yeah, cool, we'll have him inside. But it was, you know, outside influences and, you know, maybe some of the sponsors saying no. And certainly the fans didn't seem to be real keen on it either. Um, despite the well, fact Well, they didn't ask me. Yeah, and you would have said, what? I would have said, fuck yeah, I'll take Willie Mason on an incentive-based contract. <laughs> fuck yes. 
Because yeah, I mean, you know that 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 other that other Gronk, you know, he's not really working out like he like he was expected to, was he? Which one? Oh, oh you know, oh, the that one. Pack. <laughs> that's hardly incentive based. No, no, that's not incentive. No, I'm just saying. But I mean, he's just really not doing his job. It's incentive to fucking mail in your performances, is what that is. Yeah, and now we've got like you know, th- uh, it could be three months without Gaddeth. As of uh, as of this week's uh, yeah. la- as the last game of the game against South, I may not shave again for three months. It's it's right because they tend to lose when when Gaddis, I mean, they've been losing with Gaddis, but I mean, without absolutely, I mean, he was certainly him going off was, you know, possibly the turning point of the match against uh, Manly. Well, he certainly was setting the tone. I, I think as far as um, the turnaround in form against South, I yep. think and then he went off the field. Tigers started to lose their way a little bit. Um, do you remember in the early 90s when Western Suburbs signed uh, Joe Thomas, Andrew Farrah, Paul Langmack and David Gillespie from the Bulldogs? Yes. I think we're going down a similar path because, you know, there's already there's been reports that we're talking to Sonny Bill. Yeah. We're looking, we've signed Braith and Astor. We're looking to sign Willie Mason. We're just trying to make ourselves a 2004 Bulldogs. <laughs> That's where we go. That's where we're headed. Problem is, the salary cap doesn't fit around that era of the blocks. <laughs> <laughs> even even given increases in the cap, in, you know, in the time that's taken place. True, but surely we'd, we'd be able to get Hazem. He'd come cheap. Yeah, yeah. And look, God knows you need a goal kicker. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> damn straight. Uh, who else played in that squad? Oh, mate, going back. Brent there. Sherwin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sherwin was ahead of. Yeah, he was ahead of Thurston. Because uh, Thurston was just a utility back then, and he yeah. left, didn't he? We have to buy Thurston and put him on the bench. So that means you had Stephen Price. I mean, you're going to bring him out. I mean, out of retirement. I mean, you obviously have to have a heart. His transplant. head's probably still spinning from Brett White's <laughs> Brett White vicious, was... vicious hit. Yeah, Gordon Year. Yeah, well, it retired him, didn't it? I mean, look, didn't play a know, game after that. Whether the 2004 Bulldogs can win the premiership in 2012 remains to be seen. Yeah, exactly. Well, 2013, really, because I mean, it's pretty much on now. Um, now. Big Sauce looks like he's going to be back this week, which means that they're even after losing Gaddeth, they're still not going to turn around and uh, take Mason on. That's the news coming out of this week. Um, Mason, though, he had an interesting exchange with Lottie Dakiri on Twitter. So he tweeted Lottie, said, hopefully something gets sorted this week. Fuck, I was spewing last week. I thought it was sorted. So um, You can imagine, like, Willie doesn't edit his tweets for, like, grammatical purposes or... Um he, he tweets as you would imagine him speaking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Uh, so still no, still no, no, Mason. I mean, he thinks you know he suspects that he's something he's going to turn out with somewhere. I've heard people saying that he might end up in the Newcastle uh, in the local comp, and ultimately then slide into the Knights from there. But um, you know, not sure. Hey, I'd take him. As I mean, that guy, he'd be pretty well stung by a lot of the attention that he's received from fans and, and etc and the media as well yep and he'd have a bit of a point to prove yep um you know tall rangy props slash second rowers with you know that come with a, a wave of publicity and, and a point to prove don't always work out for the Tigers it would seem yes um but you know Willie might be an exception to the rule you never know yep yep uh and also then we had the then we had the situation we haven't had a chance to talk about yet with uh, Ray Cashmere who um he's, yeah, a bit of payback for the dragons. He's playing for the, he's playing for the Illawarra Cutters at the moment. Uh, it looked like the Tigers were going to stitch him up and get him in get him in for a deal, and uh, the Dragons actually blocked him. Said nah, we're not authorising that transfer, which is sensational. Touche, Dragons. Touche. Yeah. And not the, and not to mention the fact that I mean they still I still think they came out ahead on the on the Maltzen deal as well. The way he's going this season. Well, the way he's playing at the moment, you'd probably agree. But the way he was playing at the back end of last year, he'd be the best player in the Dragons side by a fucking street. Yeah. Yep, and uh, so you got Galloway. Looks like he's going to be back this week. 
And uh, they need we can definitely use him. Yeah, because Woods great, Murdoch Masilla dominated, dominated thoroughly, <laughs> repeatedly, all season long. It's going to happen. I think I think Benny Murdoch's been going okay to be honest off yeah. the bench, but um, Woods and great. I mean, they're not starting props, essentially. Not at this stage of their career. I think they they are good for for patches. Uh, they tended to feed off the lead of Galloway, I think, and yep. having him back might take their game up a notch. Um, but having those guys as the cornerstone of your pack at this stage of their career um, probably isn't happening for us, so we'll see how they go. Interesting, the article also says that uh, the Tigers are not interested in George Rose or Shane Shackleton, who also, of course, Thank are fuck for that. a favourite their clubs. Just because we couldn't handle any more lols, surely. <laughs> yeah. Okay, next story. Channel 9 and Foxtel have entered into a consortium to bid for the NRL rights. So, um, given that they, they're they expected to get, you know, top of, easily top a billion dollars to retain the free-to-air and pay TV broadcast rights, uh, no surprise, Channel 9 and Fox Sports have entered into a consortium for that purpose. So there are going to be formal bids. There's no decision going to be made until they've had they've considered the formal bids from rival broadcasters. Uh, you've got Nine and Fox Sports uh, are going in there. Then you know Channel Ten have expressed their interest as well. I don't think what this consortium does is I think it might prevent someone else from getting in there, which I guess might ultimately drive the price down a little bit because I would imagine Channel Ten individually are going to struggle to match those. Sort they of could match that players. Kind of, yeah, they could uh, match that kind of money. I don't think, but. Uh, you never know. Maybe we want to get some other interesting. Channel Nine has a lot of haters out there, and I can understand why. I don't necessarily subscribe to that theory, but clearly their broadcast needs improvement and their scheduling, yep. um, and a lot of the things they do don't seem to make a lot of sense as far as what is their highest rating sports product. Yep. Uh, it seems to get pushed to the back burner when it suits them. Mm-hmm. Um, live telecasts aren't always a priority. Cricket, um, cricket takes a, you know, as we saw with an early start of the season this sure. year. Um, I, I honestly don't care who gets the rights as long as, A, they pay what they're worth. Yep. And B, the NRL mans up and says, this is what we want done with the broadcast for our game. Yeah. And if you're going to pay for it, then this is what we want done. So you can pay for it and you can sign off on these proposals. Yep. And you can stick to your freaking word. Yep. The NRL needs to be the one setting the tone here. It's their product for sale. They're yep. the ones in the with the position of power. Yep. And they're asking top dollar, which the broadcasters are going to get value for, given it's such a high rating product and it's a good it's a good viewing product on television. Yep. But instead of just giving it to Channel Nine and saying, "Well, okay, go do what you want with we've got our money," they need to be a bit smarter about it. And I hope the commission is a lot smarter in the way they negotiate it and gets what they need out of the broadcast other than just money. Yeah. Because to take the game forward and make it a truly national competition with expansion and all the rest of it, the the way the game's broadcast to certain markets that aren't as cut and dried as, as Sydney and Brisbane. Well, yeah, Melbourne. Yeah. Started, and Perth, I mean, we've had discussions back and forth with people in Perth all the time about, you know, when's this game going to be shown? Sure, it's going to be the, shown the onus now. is on the NRL to make sure that they get their... You know, they get more than just money for the product. Yeah. And that there's some proposals signed off on um, in agreements with the broadcasters that they're going to do what's right to push the game forward. This is a critical time in the game and, and it's, a, it's a massive opportunity for the NRL to, to push forward. But it's got to be hand in hand with the broadcaster because if it's if it's not going to be shown live to, to developing markets and things, there's no point. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Cool. Next story, Shane Flanagan gets himself an upgrade. 
Shane Flanagan is going to be rewarded for Cronulla's stellar start to the season by signing a new two-year deal that will financially put him alongside rival coaches Jeff Tuvey, Ivan Cleary, and Steve Price. So I guess it's a second-tier kind of deal. And yeah, it says that uh, the the new deal, which will keep him at Toyota Stadium until the end of 2014, is worth about 300 grand a year, which is an increase of about $100,000 on his existing contract. Uh, obviously, a uh, an increase an increase based on the the fantastic performances of the Sharks over the last couple of weeks. Sure. Obviously, they're happy that you know three wins is you know three wins in a row is three more wins in a row than Cronulla's probably ever got. So uh, by <laughs> certainly in recent memory, so they've uh, probably commissioned a guy to ready you know ready to start sculpting a statue. Oh, he could start a, yeah, a nifty space. business on the side, making silk purses out of sow's ears. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's interesting. Oh, that. good luck to the guy. He's um he's instilled a bit of belief in that squad. Yep. I think some of it this season's been on the back of Todd Carney. Yep. Um, who's is obviously um Paul Gallon's had a had a bit of a helper there as far as someone that can take the team forward. Um, and a lot of the other players, which we'll get to in the in the game review, a lot of the other players that probably were fringe first graders before have taken their game to another level off the back of that. So, um, but. He's instilled the belief. He's given them the game plan, and they've come up with three quality wins. Um, and they t- certainly took it to the Tigers, and probably and clearly should have won that game as well. So, um, yeah, best start to the season for the Sharkies for a long while. And yep. you know their fans are rightfully happy. And let's hope they haven't gone off too soon. And and um, you know they don't have well, a hefty have- payout halfway next year, well, <laughs> halfway yeah. through next season. Well, you know, I mean, you know, it's, they they can't say well. You know, you've underperformed because they'd be like, well, you know, you performed about as well as any other coach and, you know, certainly far more fancy coaches. Yeah. Ricky Stewart, for example. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, well, Ricky Stewart did have one good year with him, but yeah. So, um, good on you. Enjoy the money. And, uh... It's good to see an ex-Magpie doing well, mate. Is it? Ex-Magpie hooker, Shane Flanagan. Is it? Is it, though? It is. It is for me. <laughs> and finally, just a quick one. This week in AFL, we had Ben Cousins get caught when he was on his way to a drug rehab centre where he was going to be speaking to teenagers. He was caught, which had to only have come from a tip-off, with uh, a saleable quantity of methamphetamines up his arnus. <laughs> Couldn't he have put it in his handbag? Yeah, but then it wouldn't be shelving, would it? Now, um, and speaking of press conferences, he had a press conference after being caught, and he had this to say. Man, man, me folks, eh? I don't know, eh? Just kind of rocked up here, eh? I was like, what's going on here? Who are these fucking dickheads? To keep me busy, you got the soda bulbs. That's heaps sick, eh? Girls are bitches, they're like stitches. You pull them out, and then... They open up. Oh, you just smash them, eh? Cover birds that love the dick. Coffers, coffers. Punch them in the face. Coffers, coffers. But you're still a copper and you're gay. Uh, don't I don't really know, eh? Just got a bit of a scene up there. He's like, he said he might be able to deal some goey. Fucking shelve him, eh? Shelve him! <laughs> yeah, mum. Man, she worked pretty hard, eh? A lot of cock for cash, eh? My mum's a dickhead. Recaps. First up, Friday night football. We had the Melbourne Storm 34 defeating the Newcastle Knights. 22 in front of a Melbourneish crowd of 11,369 at Amy Park. 
what have we got? Try scorers. Tons of tries for both sides. I mean, this was a very high-scoring match, actually. Todd Lowry, Ryan Hoffman, Billy Slater, Will Chambers, Gareth Widdop, and Matt Duffy. We had Cameron Smith getting five of six on the conversions versus the Newcastle Knights Hall of a double to James McManus. We had tries to Mullen and Neville Costigan. And Kurt Gidley, three of three. Junior Sow, zero of one conversion attempts. Melbourne roll on. They do. This it wasn't really reflective of the the way the match went. I mean, Melbourne got out to a thirty-four to I think about ten or twelve lead. Yeah, by their own by their own admission, the last twenty minutes was pretty sloppy from the Storm. They um, put the cue in the rack, so to speak, and yep. the Knights put on a few late tries. Um, both Cameron Smith and Craig Bellamy were fairly scathing in their assessment of that last twenty-minute period of the game, but yep. it was well and truly won. Um, I think they're being a bit harsh, but obviously I expect a lot from the club. And exactly. the performance of the team. So, um, geez, they look good at the moment. Yeah. Whether they've got be, other gears to go to moment, or, yeah. or not's another thing. But, geez, they're, they're cut, a, cut above at the moment yeah. the way they're playing. Exactly. Uh, another try for Billy Slater, taking his tally to nine for the year. Yeah. <laughs> Unstoppable. Couldn't quite get the double, but, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> I tell you, he's going to have an impressive tally if he keeps this up. If he keeps it up, yeah. I mean, he's currently dealing with uh, some kind of uh, foot injury, like uh, ligaments or something something yeah he's, he's got a bit of an issue there so whether that you know ultimately you know continues to wear and he has to sit out some games or whatever i'm not sure but um that's that might really keep the, the tally in check but jesus he he could break all sorts of records yeah oh absolutely absolutely um the knights seem to be slate sorry say. we should have billy slate as well and by the end of the game he was billy late because his name was peeling <laughs> off the back of his jumper and so fairly fairly uh early on in the piece he was uh billy slate he was billy slate for most of the game and then towards the end towards the end when it was you know like interviews afterwards it was uh he was he became billy late what is it with some of these transfers on the jerseys at the moment i don't know well, i think why. it was a bulldogs yeah. in round 1 or, or early on their numbers yeah i don't know if, I can't remember if it was a bulldogs or it could be wrong but there was one club in particular where their numbers were just coming off at a rapid yeah. rate of knots. Yeah. Look, like, you know, half a dozen players had their numbers peeled off and ripped off. Someone's throwing a red sock in with the wash and that jersey's come out <laughs> pink and they've had to get some new ones and quickly, you know, throw some more transfers on there. They haven't had time to stay. Ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. The amount of money that they obviously make out of jerseys, you think yeah. they get a transfer that worked. Yeah, you'd think so. What sort of grandma's ironing them on? Yeah. <laughs> Pick up your act, man. The Knights seem to be leaking more points than you'd expect from the early stages of a, of a Bennett regime. Normally, defence is is the first thing to click. And in fact, last week, it seemed it did, like it, it had click. Yeah, and and we were, you know, we certainly thought that, okay, this is the way the Knights are going to be from here on in. But you know, I don't know if it was just the quality of their opposition that they're not up for at this stage, um, or you know, whether well, I can't really get a read on the Knights at the moment. No, you'd no. imagine. One thing you can expect from him is a bit of consistency, but that's anything but what they're showing at the moment. So, um, Ryan Hoffman, I, I've not always been the greatest fan of that bloke, and I'm probably still I'm not waving any banners with his name on it. Don't get me wrong, but I think his try just on half time it was probably the least spectacular of all the tries the Storm scored. But in the context of the game, it was it was the most important. Yeah, I think. Melbourne started out with a flurry and really kicked away to a good lead. Yep. The Knights stemmed the bleeding and, and started to grind their way back into the game. And then the Storm went up that end and, and Hoffman ran over. And that seemed to be you know, enough to keep the Knights at bay then. And Melbourne went on with it 
save for those last few consolation tries for the, for the Knights. But he always has a knack of doing that, Hoffman. Yeah. He seems to pop up at the right time with a big play. And like I said, I've not ever always been the biggest fan of his, but I have noticed throughout his career, he's, he's always managed to pop up with a try or, or a key play. Um, at, at, you know, that's obviously why he's so highly regarded there. I, yeah. I haven't really seen it in the past, but I think if I think back, if I'm honest with myself, there's probably been a number of occasions where I've, I've witnessed him do exactly that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, Kirk Gidley, another injury. Another. I mean, that dude is, is ridiculous. He's a renowned trainer. I just wonder, with the you know arrival of Bennett and players wanting to prove himself to him and, and, and make a good impression, and the, by their own admission, they had a fairly grueling off-season, I wonder if he's gone too hard. He's, well, I mean, he's a renowned hard trainer. Yeah, if so, he's done it, you know, across his you know, his whole career, really. I mean, he's, he's a guy that you would look at and say he's definitely injury-prone. Well, he has had his share, that's definitely... Yeah. But, I mean, he's he's come back from one, he's hurt himself again, and now he's yeah, out again. He's it's, gone again. Yeah, it's... it. You know, the Knights definitely need him that, you know, he does have an effect on the club. Say what you want about his origin performances, but he's... Certainly for the Knights, he's, um, he has a positive effect on the playing group, so... Hopefully he's back sooner rather or later. Sorry? His origin performances are shit. Yeah. Well, I did ask you to say what you wanted, and, and then fair, there you go. Yeah. You've done it. He's a fucking horrible origin player. <laughs> One of the worst. One of those players that doesn't make the doesn't make the cut. No, ever. Can't make the step, but no. still continually gets jumps picked. In, jumps in the woods. Puts a captaincy behind his name. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Captain from the bench. And I wish he will be for the Knights for some time to come. Now, or from the grandstand. Yes. Eating chips. All right. We had Mickey T, 1985. Billy Slate, what a player. He looks to have a future in front of him. Ruby Precious said, this is one that I couldn't verify. I haven't had a chance to re-watch it. I actually, I missed it at the time. I uh, recorded it and haven't had a chance to re-watch it. But she said, I just heard Rab say, the Ottoman. Was this correct context? Is he this week in league's biggest fan? No so way. I haven't had a chance to go over it with a fine-tooth comb. Uh, apparently happened in the last 15 minutes of the telecast for that game, and that would have been um, in Sydney without saving time, so it would have been the first game, so it would have been less commercial breaks and everything. So I just haven't had the chance to actually go through and with a fine-tooth comb on the recorded one and actually listen to what he said and see what the context was. I'm betting nothing to do with us. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to put my house on the fact that... It wasn't even a, it wasn't even a Ray game, Warren so has never listened to this show. Exactly, and never will. Or is ever likely to. Yeah, okay, Big Dan, 1985, Knights fan. He said, the refs were shocking. Storm had two extra players tonight in pink. I hope they don't win the comp. <laughs> <laughs> Fairly honest and to the point. Yeah, blaming the refs. Jesus Christ. How very manly of you, Dan. Next game, the Brisbane Broncos, 28, defeated the St. George Illawarra Dragons, 20 at Suncorp. Crowd of just under 40,000, 38,012. And uh, this was the quintessential game of two halves. Broncos tries scored through Matt Gillette, Peter Wallace, Andrew McCulloch, Alex Glenn and Corey Norman. Wallace 4 of 5 from the boot. And he missed on a penalty goal versus St. George's tally of tries to Brett Morris, Jason Nightingale, Matt Pryor, Kyle Stanley, and two from four to Jamie Soward. Clearly, the Dragons are yet to find their defensive groove consistently. Consistently, yeah. yeah. A bit the same as the Knights. So. And the Broncos have trouble putting two halves of football together in the same game. Yeah, it was certainly... Uh, their first 40 minutes was, was dominant. Best 40 minutes of play the Broncos have ever done in their history of the entire club, nearly. <laughs> Maybe not that good, but they're pretty good. And they looked unstoppable. 
They sure did. And they sure were unstoppable because... Uh, it was 24 blot. Exactly. And and it was it was about 24 blot after about probably 25, 30 minutes too. So, I mean, St. George managed to kind of stem the bleeding uh, going into the halftime break. And then the game just flipped on its head in the second half. And it was pretty much the same thing the other way. Yeah, I guess, you know, that's the way rugby league at the moment, possession and field position... Um, it gives you opportunity if you're good enough to put points on the board and I think you know if you look at the stats and in the first half the Broncos made best use of the ball and, and their yep. field position um, a nice 40-20 kick as well I think from Peter Wallace Yep. Um, and then St George turned it around in the second half and um, got their share of possession and put points on but to the Broncos youngsters credit they showed good composure to weather that storm from the Dragons and, and and kick again and come away with a win. It's um, another good sign for them. I think they, um, you know, they're checking a lot of boxes at the moment, the Broncos. Yep. Um, Andrew McCulloch's try. What? If it's one thing that Andrew McCulloch does often, it's throw a dummy. Yeah. How he can possibly score a try through the middle of the ruck by yeah. throwing a dummy is beyond me. It's kind of like Thurston. Like, you know, you know that, like... You know it's coming. It's always, it's a dummy. Just, just hit the guy no matter what happens because... The dummy's like, you know, what, you know, six out of ten times. But thir- when Thurston throws a dummy, he's generally running at pace and he's got angled runners yeah, or he's yeah. got options, you know, to yeah. throw a face ball or, or whatever. So you're probably under a lot more pressure than a dummy half taking two steps and throwing a dummy. Like, yeah, yeah. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Gillette, I mean, his collision with Wayman was certainly a highlight of the game. Mm-hmm. Wayman got the better of it. And, and Gillette, to his credit, um, Said that that Wayman got the best of him, yep. but he must have thought that he'd taken a trip down to Maru and run into Wayman's statue. <laughs> fucking hit the deck. Wayman gave him a bit of what for as he ran yeah. out, ran over the top of him. As you do. Oh, as you would. I certainly would if you know if I had the capability of laying someone <laughs> that size on their ass. Yeah. <laughs> Good win for the Broncos, and um, they roll on. But uh, look, clearly their demise is, is is coming in a few days. Yeah, and um, and just speaking of the Broncos, and this is probably a coaching, a coaching slash training tip for the West Tigers as well. Broncos, they can concede a torso try. <laughs> of course, we remember the torso try. The first time it really burst onto the onto the scene was Jamie Lyon uh, scored one in a in a game where I think the Broncos were leading close to twenty two against man twenty nil against Manly, and they came back to win twenty two twenty on Mother's Day at Suncorp Stadium. Remember it well. Um, Brett Morris torso try again. Yes. And, I, and and people want to know my opinion on torso tries. I'm fucking all for them. They're sensational. I'd be a hypocrite to say otherwise. Honestly, I cannot say anything bad about torso tries because I've been the direct beneficiary. Rules is rules. Yeah, like if it, it, or not, if, it looks according unco. to the rules. It's it's a try. Then it's a try. Yeah, and it, and yeah, it looks unco, and it looks scrappy. Like yeah, a lot of stuff the dragons do look un- looks unco. But hey, I mean Ben Cray, the torso try. once again, Ben Cray getting in the road of decoys. Dropping passes like the, the pass to him because I don't think they were meant for him. I think they were meant to go across the face. Ben Cray, he's probably suffering from the demise of Bennett, from the departure of Bennett more than any other player. You'd have to say. Oh, he's been, he's been dreadfully exposed this season as the Gronk that he is. Now, this as far as Twitter for this game, it was the uh, the advent of a new a new person tweeting us by the name of at Daniel Bird QLD. He's just come he's come hardcore. Started off fairly. He paced himself early. I said, Vossi back on nine for Queensland coverage. Thank God. Calm enough. Calm enough. Then. Then. Broncos man 2005. Well, Broncos have their shit dialed on tonight. Run that motherfucking score up. Hash cowboy fan that detests St. George. 
and then later on, uh, that was at uh, 8.13pm, so okay, we're talking about what well, by the time the game kicks off, he's sort of come up to half time, and then uh, half an hour later, he's going, Soward is such a motherfucking groat, someone put one on that scroat's chin. <laughs> How dare he use Matt Groat's name in vain? That's sensational. And then we've got uh, Bush Lemon. Some funny exchanges with him as well. He said, who said the Broncos would struggle without Lockie? And then the Dragons started scoring up tries. I'm like, the tables are turned. <laughs> He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> so, yeah, so, I mean, the Broncos, there definitely are struggles there because these young guys, you know, they can switch on and off, apparently. When they're on, they're really they on. They great. They're really yeah. on. But when they're off, you know, they can get a score racked up against them pretty quickly. They still won. They did. At Hilius. So, a St. George game can be exciting. Who knew? However, their players still have all the personality of a shapeless grey blob. Thank and you very much. finally, at Toto TV said, Not as much fun smashing the drag queens as when Bennett was coaching. Still hate the Gronks. Fair call. Fair call. People were crazy on the Twitter this week too, just quietly. I mean, um, they've, they've certainly... They've heard the... Uh, well, we didn't have really requested it, have we? But... um. Good work, everybody who's been tweeting through uh, during and after the games. Uh, sensational time. We love the week. interaction. Excellent. Keep it coming. Yep. Okay, let's move on to Super Saturday. First game, the Cronulla Sharks defeated the Penrith Panthers. Scoreline of 15-14 to 14 at Centibet Stadium, Penrith, in front of a crowd of around 14,000 people. What do we got here as far as scoring is concerned? Panthers, their 14 points came from tries to Michael Jennings, Lachlan Coote and Blake Austin. Luke Walsh, one of three from the boot. Telling, telling statistics. Very much. Sharkies, tries to Wade Graham and Jason Bakuya. A field goal to Carney. One of two conversions to Carney. And you got two penalties as well. Surely the Sharks have to be due for a sponsor, surely. You'd think so. I mean, these, like, you know, they're kind of like the see-through nipple tops at the moment with the white band across the, you know, across the titties. I'm just... There's some high-profile clubs with sponsors galore giving a sponsor less value for money. I don't want to mention names. Marathon. West Tigers. <laughs> I mean, they've got a list of sponsors as long as your arm. Marathon's about to go into administration. <laughs> <laughs> I would sincerely doubt that. But I'll tell you what, I'd like a high-rise Marathon apartment to throw my fucking self off. I was going to say, everyone's, that's what they need tenants because everyone's jumping off the balconies at the moment. <laughs> no, they're... Um, I mean... You can't begrudge their performances the last few weeks, Sharkies. Yeah, good. Um, we mentioned when we were talking about Flanagan that Gallon seems to be inspiring the rest of the forwards to, to overachieve, and Carney's doing the same for the backs, specifically Robson. He's copped his yeah. fair share of flack on this show when he was playing for Para, but yeah. But I think that's his, that he's he's playing a role there, which is um, perfect for his his level of ability. Yeah, like he's playing a straight man. Yeah, you know, so Carney can you know do all the you know the shit with the flair. What was he playing at Parramatta then? Same thing, except it was meant to be Daniel Mortimer was the flare guy, and then he just fell off the face of the earth the next yeah. year, and then it all went shit. So not Robson's fault, as much as um as uh, Parramatta 1973 will have you believe. Yeah, exactly. The fact was clearly that Mortimer is Daniel Mortimer fell the fuck off, and they couldn't find someone else to provide that spark in the halves to let Robson do his but you know straight. They tried to off. put Jared Hayne there. Well, yeah, you they think did, he'd bring I mean, the flare. You know, no look pass, no look forward passes. Sometimes they win your games and the ref don't see him. Otherwise, other times they sail over the sidelines. <laughs> you know, it's a dicey thing. And I mean, Benji's done the same here with his no-look, you know, cut-out past the sidelines. Loves him. 
<laughs> Loves them. I think Penrith were almost there. We've mentioned that a couple of times over the last few weeks. Um, they don't seem to be too far off the pace. Just maybe, um, you know, some wrong options here and there and, and a couple of critical errors in games that have cost them the losses that they've had. But I just wonder if um, young Austin at 5'8 might be the key. Travis Burns did put him through for a nice try with a good ball, but I think Austin's got a bit more class as far as a ball player. You can't shift Travis Burns from where he is. I mean, the dude's been known as the best fucking player for the Panthers this season. He's grown an extra leg and played better than he has at any time in his life. I like Burns. Don't get me wrong. I just think <laughs> he just he's, he's hardly an X-factor. And I Super think- coach players will be very happy to see that Blake Austin finally fucking did something. <laughs> because let me tell you, he was one of those guys that was a bargain buy that you know was going to do great things until this week. Yeah, nothing. Thing. Be interesting to hear from Panthers fans as to you know what their preference would be. Um, I like Travis Burns as a player. I just think um, for sheer you know attacking ability, I think Austin's probably got it over him at this stage. And, and you know, whilst Burns has benefited, is by far he's a great defender um, and he's a solid player. Doesn't really make many mistakes. He's been scoring tries and shit though too this season. It's a different Travis Burns. A different Travis Burns. He's, yeah. he's scored tries before me. Yeah, but this season he's been going fucking gangbusters, man. 200 games for Luke Lewis. It's only the last 80 or so that he's received the recognition he deserves, I think, as a, as a class footballer. He oh, played representative footy yeah, on the wing. Yeah, on the wing, you know, and he, was, and he always had that... that, that uh, I remember uh, Phil Gould was saying, you know, he was a blue blood, like he was one of a select sort of few players that would, like, built to play origin football and blah, blah, blah. And this just, was back in the day when he was on the wing. So he was, I mean, he, he was rated at least by, by, you know, decent judges like uh, like us, and, you know, now he's I, got there. So. I guess. I just think he's, he seems to have, have taken on this, this bit of a moniker as, as just a, a pure footballer yeah. um, in, in the last several seasons. 200 games is, you know, certainly for a local junior to play 200 games for, for, uh, for his, his junior club yep. is a pretty impressive effort. We won't mention the time where he almost left for South, but where he basically reneged. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally molson that shit up. But the no point, the point that. is that he, uh, well, you know, he molson did himself. Like you know, he didn't, uh, you know, get his his chief executive to do the, do his dirty work for him. <laughs> I can't believe you're pinning that on Malton, but anyway, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. He was a patsy, man. Malton's just a patsy. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that his chief executive did dirty work. <laughs> I mean, it was at, at, at Malton's command, but you know, still. A good win for the Sharkies. They're, they're on a bit of a roll at the moment. It'll be interesting to see how long they can keep it going, but they're certainly playing some good committed footy and they're showing yeah. a lot of heart. That thing at the moment, all their games are super close. I mean, they're barely scraping out the wins that they're getting, but they're getting the wins and that's important. Uh, so let's see how they go. Uh, and I was, just, I was just talked up to people doing the uh, tweets and... Um, there's having, nothing. Having said that, there's fucking one tweet. Because Sharkies fans deserted us a season and a half ago. Yeah, and so we get a Manly fan uh, and your mate... Uh, Cambo96 commenting on this game and he's uh, said the cocksmoker ground announcer at the Panthers thinks he's a DJ epic fail jeez so yeah just because they weren't playing rhinestone cowboy Cambo Sydney doesn't make him a shit music <laughs> aficionado next Sydney Roosters 26 defeated the New Zealand Warriors 8 in a massive massive upset I mean, certainly I was. No idea this was coming. Thirteen thousand crowd. Uh, half time was a good lead to the Roosters as well. Let's see, the Roosters. Their twenty six points came from tries to the count. Anthony Minicello, Mitchell Orbison, uh, two dads. Sean Kenny Dow. It's been a while since we've had reason to say his name. Mm. Anthony Mitchell, uh, Braith and Asta got three from four, and he got a couple of penalties as well. New Zealand Warriors, very easy scorecard to, pre- to 
say here we had uh, Jerome Rapati, he got a try. The Fish, Glenn Fisiahi, he got a try. And Maloney got stuff all on the conversion front. He benjied it right up. <laughs> Fisiati hasn't lost any of his pace after his injury. No. And he scored about 3,000 tries in uh, Resi's this season. Mm. Good player. I was, I was wondering how he was going to come back from his game? injury. Sorry? He scored six in one game, I think. In Reggie's? In Reggie's, like about three weeks ago. Really? Yeah. Dude's fucking killing it. Jesus. Um, just for the Warriors, <sighs> McLennan's going to be under a bit of pressure if the Warriors keep turning up like that. Well, this is the first time they've turned up like that in, you know, this season, but it was very surprising. I mean, I don't think, you know, Roosters fans, or, you know, all three of them probably would have tipped the Roosters win, but <laughs> other than that, you know... It's like Got some quality personnel. Okay. You would imagine that their their base level performance should be a lot higher than what they've turned out there. Um, yeah, I was disappointed in the Warriors. I've, mm. I've had big raps on them all season, but... Um, yeah, they, they didn't show up, basically. That's what it came down to. Yeah, yep. The Roosters, they seem adept at, at winning scrappy games. Their game against Canberra was pretty ugly and they got away with the win, just did what they yep. you know, what they could scrap together um, in order to get the victory. I think that's a good sign, you know, and players like Letters and Friend and Kennedy in their side, you know, do that that's those sort of guys do lend themselves to to a scrappy type of game yeah. you know if it, awesome game from letters too yeah absolutely i think he got men of the match didn't he i think he i think he may have or was dodgy kennedy i mean those guys are probably up there yeah just against side like melbourne you probably throw the warriors into that sort of mix as well that that sort of exude class as long as those sort of sides show up on their day, they, they probably should be good enough to beat the Roosters. Yeah. But if it does get into a bit of a, a scrappy sort of game, then the Roosters look unbeatable in I, those I, sorts I would, of games. Yeah, I, I wouldn't go that far, but I mean, yeah, they look they they certainly have the ability to sort of. Oh no, they just seem willing. Real, you know, yeah. if things aren't working for them, they seem to, willing to get down and dirty and yeah. and scratch out a win. Whereas yeah. some of these other sides, you know, Melbourne blew them off the park. Yep. They were just on fire and they couldn't go with them, but. Um, you know, on paper, the Warriors really should should have had a similar sort of scoreline against the Roosters um, that Melbourne put on them, but the Roosters just scratched it out. It was good. Scored yep. some good tries. Scratched it out. Pardon the pun. <laughs> um, Mini had a game, turned back the clock a little bit. Yep. Um, scored a good try and set up another um, for Kenny Dowell, who, you know, he's also starting to find a little bit of form as well, it would seem. So, yep. good, good sign for Roosters fans. I don't know... Um, you know, if that's going to equal a top eight berth, but a good win against a good side. Yep, yep, no, I agree. And uh, Twitter, well, there was about as many Roosters fans on Twitter as there is in the actual ground. Zero. <laughs> Nothing of note. So I guess the challenge is out. I mean, because we generally have some New Zealand Warriors fans. Roosters fans, not so much. But um, the, I guess you, your two teams are on notice this week. You want to tweet about your team? You want to hear? You, I mean, people complain like, "Oh, when are we going to get like you know more coverage from you know about this team?" And all oh, well, it's all Tigers and Manly. Yeah, but also there's a lot of Tigers and Manly fans out there. Yes. who tweet us about the games as well. So if you want to get more representation for your team, you know what to do. Next game, Parramatta Eels twenty nine defeated the mighty Manly Seagulls twenty. Man, very fucking Paramount mighty Stadium. on this night. Well, you know, it wasn't too bad. Crowd of about thirteen thousand, uh, which is kind of a a recurring theme for this round actually it seems to be 13,000 issued every game um, 
And where were we? Parramatta Eels. Their points came from a double to Jared Hayne. Matt Keating, Ken Sio scored tries as well. Sandow got a field goal, and he was 4 of 4 on the conversions. And he actually got a couple of penalties as well. Uh, Manly, they had tries to Stuart Watmo, Bura, and Jorge Tofua in his debut. Well, he's starting debut. I think he played a couple of minutes yeah, off, come the off the bench previously. Before, yeah. yeah, and uh, DCE was 2 of 4 on the goals for the night. What do you got to say, mate? Not too. I'm not, I'm not too fussed about it. I mean, basically, with the first two matches of the season, we had close to not quite, but we had close to full strength side, and we beat two uh, of the more fancied sides of the season. And I mean, what that, sides were they, buddy? Grand finalist Warriors and Premiership favourites, you guys. And so we basically more was, fancy, eh? Yeah. Well, essentially, you were. Uh, you, There's you, a string here, bae. You beating were, the Tigers. You're undefeated when you met us. <laughs> and so I'd like to say that we probably put you on the downward spiral. We just sapped you of all confidence and you haven't been able to get it back since. But we're not talking about Tigers. We're still now, the undefeated Asterisk Premiers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those ones. Yeah, um, and so really, the the key thing, I mean, the the thing I will go, I mean, Parramatta definitely deserved to win. Jared Hayne, um, clearly the influence that he, that he can have over that side, you know, he's the thing that they missed in the opening rounds. I mean, he was there in the, the first... I wonder if Hindy's yeah. announcement had much of an effect on him. It had absolutely had effect. There's a couple of factors in this game. The inclusion of Jared Hayne, this is not in order of, um, you know, how, how big or yeah. yeah, important they were, but I think probably number one, if I had to put importance, probably number one is the Hindy thing. I mean, it's always the way. Number two, the inclusion of Jared Hayne. Number three... The fact that they were absolutely poleaxed in the media from their fans, from the fans last week at the game, getting the coins chucked at them, people saying they weren't going to turn up, you know, bitching about it, like, you know, just constant misery piled on these guys. If that's not going to fucking fire you up, nothing will ever fire you up. Sure. Um, and then that's on the Parramatta side of things. And on the Manly side, there's one massive factor. I mean, yeah, we didn't have uh, Glenn Stewart and, you know, there's a couple of players missing. Uh, yeah, T-Rex, obviously. T-Rex would have had a fucking field day down that left-hand side, you know, the right-hand side defensive uh, Parramatta. Because let me tell you, that's where everything happened for us. But the biggest impact for Manly, it was the late, late withdrawal of Jamie Lyon. Because literally every single thing that Parramatta did came from the hole in the defensive line where he would have been. Everything. Every single try they scored either came down that side or from a break, the tackle after a big break down that side. For example, there was the one where uh, Fooey Fooey uh, ran down there, made a big break, got pulled down just short, and then they did the massive spread over to the right-hand side yep. because, you know, everyone was sort of bunched around on the on the le- on the the uh, left-hand side. So things like that. And so and, and at the end of the day, we still had the lead at one point in that game after being, you know, after being down by tons, like 18-6, I think, has, has got at one point. Sure. And uh, still got the lead, you know, probably got 60, you know, so minutes into the game. So that's why I'm not really pulling, I'm not really hitting the panic switch, like you were saying um, with the Tigers, because we've been, we could have won every, the, the games we lost, we were actually were in them. And, you know, these two, I mean, we probably should have won this one, and we probably should have won the Sharks one as well. Sure. They, I, as good as a, a win it is for Parramatta at this stage of their season with everything that was happening um, in the media and, and like you said with the reaction some of the, they were getting from some of their fans um, I'm just not sure they're going to be able to rely on humiliation every week as a motivator no and actually I just I just want to do one, I don't want to switch to all the tweets yet but there's one tweet that is absolutely perfect this is someone I don't think we've had tweeters before uh, by the name of at Joe V Miller and he's tweeted and said who will the Eels push out the door next week so they can win yeah and that, that sums it up. That's Yeah, perfect. And if they're going to do anything this season, which I'm not convinced they are, but 
they can't just rely on you know the pain of some coins being chucked at their yeah. head for to to bring out a win every week. I exactly. mean, they've got to <laughs> they've got to uh, be able to rely on their their base level of performance to be enough to to get them into games. Exactly. Um, I think these sorts of games that you know Hayne was. A, um, a valuable addition to their side, as as you would imagine, he's their best player. But those sorts of games have to, at some point of his career, have to become Haynes' yardstick. Yeah, the norm rather than you know? like the now and then. It's yeah. not. It can't be. Oh, Jared Haynes had a brilliant game. He's won the game for Parramatta, and then we don't hear from him for a month. Yeah, exactly. But the media doesn't really mention it. You know, just because the media is not mentioning that he's having poor games doesn't mean that he isn't. Yeah. You know, um, he seems to be tarred with the Benji brush as well. You know, he can do one fantastic... Very sort of player, really. He can do one fantastic thing in a game or, yep. you know, a few fantastic things in a game and some have some absolute howlers. Yep. And those, the howlers seem to get brushed under the carpet and everyone seems to fawn over the, the magical, you know, things that he's capable of. It's, you know, for some of the lesser players in the competition that seem yeah. to be dragged over the coals for their mistakes... <laughs> They must get the shits from you. Well, certainly their teammates. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think most people would have probably expected Manly to kick on when they hit the front. Um, I think it was probably just a sign in this particular game where the Eels' desperation outweighed Manly's. And like you said, you're not so. too worried about the result. But um, the Eels are obviously in a very desperate situation. Um, it did have a lot to play for in this particular game and whether that carries on to to the following weeks who knows but in this particular game and at those key moments they were just more desperate than Manly and, and that's what got them the win I think yeah and and also you know then we had like you know uh, you know four and then you know late he went off the field you know with an injury and as that was something with DCE as well like once four and went off it was like oh all of a sudden everything had to go down the right hand side because mm. you know that's the side he's on the field don't go down the left-hand side where every time we fucking threw the ball to someone, Matt, I made a 60-metre break. <laughs> you know, don't do that. You know, I'm just, I'm not an expert, but, you know, just saying. You're right, you're not. But, uh, and Tafua, he was awesome. Got a try. Very happy with his performance and he's maintained his spot for next week. So, obviously, uh, he's been rewarded for that game, yeah. Yep, yep, exactly. Um, and, yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. Um, yeah, not to, to certainly not the... Not the end of the world. Not hitting the panic button, button like a deranged chimp. No, not hitting the panic button like a deranged chimp. Not even all. like a wild baboon. Your red ass hanging out. Mate, the panic button is in uh, another room behind about, you know, 16 doors that all require key codes and, sl- and uh, swipe card access. Um, we're not even moving to DEFCON 1 yet. <laughs> I'm pretty relaxed. I don't this, know what that means. At this stage. Well, I'm not going to fucking explain it to you here. Okay. And uh, it's funny, in the in the previews of the season, I said that, you know, after the ridiculous um, stretch of five away games to begin the season after the trip to England, um, you know, we could conceivably looking at like 0 from 5 at the start of the season. 2 from 5 looks pretty good in compared to 0 from 5. And we're very close to 4 from 5 too. I mean, the Dragons game, I'll let them have that one. But the other ones, we're very close to winning anyway. So um, not too bad. And let's get on to the home games and fucking move on with it. Okay. The trophy box. Mentioning a specific incident in the game, which has gone unnoticed, I think, in the scheme of things, Randy Matua coat-hanged Brett Stewart. Brett Stewart wasn't falling into it or anything like that. It was dead set. Both guys were fully upright, swinging arm straight into his face, got a penalty at the time for it, uh, and that's it. That's the end of the story. Penalty so, sufficient. So he said right back on this old chestnut. Why is that not a send-off? Stewart wasn't falling. It was a swinging arm at the head. And you've got to say put the shoe on the other foot 
if Steve Matai did that to Jared Hayne, you know for a fact he would have been fucking walked. For a fact. I don't know if he would have been sent off. A fact. I don't Matai know if he would have been, been sent off. off. I Definitely ran a simulation a on a government supercomputer, generated all the play, and it actually said, yes, Matai would have been sent off. I'm, t- I'm telling you a scientific fact. Okay. All right, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> so pink cheats. It sounds very intelligent. Yeah, okay. Cambo96, your best mate. They might have won, but Parramatta are still dirty, westy, slum-dwelling hazlers. Fuck off and die, you scum. <laughs> Good sport, Cambo. Good sport. He is definitely the worst loser in the history of oh, losing. Yeah. He, he goes, well, Kyle's, Kyle's probably up there too. No, they he's both not. go spastic on the on the Twitter when it No, generally Kyle goes nuts at his own team. He doesn't. He's not a sore loser. Yeah, oh, that's, that's true. He's a gronk. Yeah, actually, he does. He just kicks the shit out of his own team when yeah. he loses. Yeah, you're right. He's not a sore loser. Yeah, he's a dickhead. Enough. Yeah, but yeah. not a sore loser. And incidentally, he's a, he's a moron. Incidentally, he's a man's a moron. He also and a dickhead. Just, he also and a celebrated gronk. his birthday. I haven't finished. He also <laughs> celebrated his birthday. <laughs> he's also April. a fool, Nathan. <laughs> he celebrated his birthday on April 1st. And if there's not a more appropriate birthday for anyone in the history of the world, I mean, just... If there was such a thing as International Dickhead Day and he was born on that, that's the only thing that would be more appropriate. But this is not Bash Kyle segment. Billy Boy oh. 887 he said, Will you still preface Manly Seagulls with the mighty this week, Nate? You just heard me. Yes. And he... Oh, actually, he was tweeting up a fucking storm. Here's another one. Billy Boy 887 Oh, that's right. That's right, because I, I obviously said to him, yeah, I would. And so he's got, oh, yeah. Oh, well, the Tigers might lose to South tomorrow. That'll probably make you feel better. <laughs> this happened at 8.36 p.m. on the 31st. So, uh, you know... <laughs> Thank you, a, Billy Boy. A full 20 hours before the result. And uh, we had Billy Boy again jumped in. He said, Jesus Christ, my footy tips so far this week resemble Sasha Gray after a hard day's work. And um, I assume you haven't seen, you probably haven't seen, you know, pornos as, as like normal movies. You haven't seen any of those either. But yeah, Sasha Gray takes a flogging. That's all I'm saying. Um, is a zip zip said, "Hey, at this weekend league at TWI League on Twitter, of course. Any chance of a guest appearance by Paraman 1973 to give an unbiased review of a manly game for a change? No. And I said no. <laughs> and not. And the other thing is as well is that. He didn't even watch this game live. He didn't watch it until probably 24 hours later, at least. Kyle. Kyle? Kyle, yeah. Really? So at the point when this tweet, this was after the game, uh, pretty much after straight after full time, maybe half an hour after full time. And yeah, he had no idea anything about the game, so he wasn't in a position to do it. So Look, we'd happily have Kyle on the show if he could string two sentences together. And so until that happens. In conclusion, Not possible. Mr. Is a Zip Zip, Zip it. Cage 007. He went hash. He went hashtag crazy. Hash eels beating hash sea eagles ain't no hash April Fool's joke. <laughs> I just thought I'd give him one because you know he was like, oh yeah, you better be fucking, you know, you can't be biased in your review and everything. Not and to mention the man's a legend. Is he, he deserves every mention on this show that he can get. That's very, the type of fan we need. Yeah, it is true. Kyle, it's, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Love, I love Kyle. I like the passionate fans. I love Kyle just too. as much as the guys that are more sedate and don't say. Kyle, stuff. if I didn't if I didn't like you, I wouldn't talk to you at all, mate. So the the fact that I've mentioned you five times in the space of three minutes, albeit exclusively times. derogatory, five hundred <laughs> means times. I love Fuck. you. All right, let's go on to the next game: the Canterbury Bulldogs on April Hasler's Day. <laughs> Canterbury Bulldogs thirty defeated the Gold Coast Titans twenty in front of a crowd of allegedly fourteen thousand three hundred forty-four. Commemorating Operation Bums on Seat Day at the titles at the Titans. Now this 
I'm sorry, it's a fucking disgraceful crowd, given the, the way it was hyped and the stakes. And I heard on the radio as well that three to 4,000 of those tickets were actually the ones from, you know, if they lost to the Storm, you got free entry for the next home game. You know what? I'm sick about. I'm sick of mentioning the Titans crowds. It's up to the fans to get out there and get to games. They've got a loyal supporter base that that rock up every week. Um, and we deal with a sensational, passionate group of dudes on Twitter, and they're the ones that go every time. And they're like, yeah. you know, the Legion dudes. They beat the drums, and it's these other ones that obviously, you know, I just don't know how they fucking reach them. I mean, they put this. They're on the radio. They they put a push behind this game for attendance, and it still didn't happen. Mm. So I just I've had ideas. Titans, you know, you know, I mean, they know what the problems are. I mean, they've just got to find a way. Uh, the doggies, thirty points came from tries to Frank Pritchard, Steve Turner, Benny Barber, Josh Morris, and Josh Reynolds. And Frank Pritchard's statistic was something like a ridiculous amount of tries against the Titans in a like seven tries from the last. Really? A few games, well, yeah. I'm like, glad that the Tigers aren't the only team that he carves up every time he yeah, fucking plays them. he carves up the Titans more than, the, more than uh, your guys. And well, he doesn't really score a lot of tries against us. He has scored some. Yeah. But, jeez, he's fucking smashes us. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and, sorry, Steve Turner also got 5-5 uh, five five from the boot. And Titans, their 20 points came from tries to Nate Miles, Greg Bird, Kevin Gordon, Brenton Lawrence, and 2-4 of four from the boot for Scotty Prince. Benny Barber on fire. The single As always seems to be the difference case. in the game yep. was one play, it was late in the first half, I believe it was, when the Titans did an excellent kick down into the corner in the in-goal area. They had probably three, four guys come down there. They seemed It was to actually Barber a decent come. chase for the most part. It was a great chase. Um, somehow, some way, Barber managed to evade them, and then he just set sail downfield, and uh, who did he catch inside? Was it Josh Morris? Yeah. It was Josh Morris, the only guy on the field fast enough probably to stay with him, and, uh, and he scored under the sticks, and that was... Well, you know, that's the difference. Take six points off the doggies and put six points on the Titans, you know. The end of the end story. Exactly. Mate, that's, that's their game. I mean, and the Titans didn't deserve to win the game. The Bulldogs, as the game went on, were far better, I thought. Um, but yeah, gee, the Titans, they got off to a great start, though. They gave some promise to their fans. Yeah, they sure did. They they started out with a an early flurry. Princey had the team moving around well. They scored a couple of tries and, and looked good, but... In the end, the, the dog's class ultimately told, and yep. um, like you said, a key play from a from a champion player like Barber, um, he basically, like you said, was a difference. And I just wonder, you know, Matty Bowen's been picked at Origin level um, several times in his career. Barber wouldn't be out of place as a utility. Yeah, maybe. I mean, but he's yeah. I think his utility value would be fairly limited. Though. I think I mean, his flashiness is probably going to count against him, and you know players get slapped with that origin player sort of tag or, or, or some of them don't yep. and I think the guys you know he, he probably does play with a lot of flair and a lot of you know you wouldn't say that he plays you know he's renowned for his yeah. his toughness as such he's certainly renowned for his, his brilliance in attack yep. he's you know he added another couple of defensive aspects to his highlight reel on the weekend as well so um yeah, He's and I actually his have game. To take issue with that too. I mean, because I remember that 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 try that um, where he sort of got the hand under there. I think that the ball, the first impact with the ground, I think the ball, I think he, I think, oh, the okay. ball, I think the ball touched the ground then, and then he got the hand under it and then stopped it. I think that should have been a try. I think who was the, who was the guy that would have scored that? That was like a like Luke Bailey or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah, Bailey. Yeah. yeah, I think that should have actually been a try. But you know, whatever. Um, is it who's the guy that scored the try? Lawrence Lawrence. 
Bren Lawrence Bren did the Lawrence. first try. Yeah, where he sort of where Ennis dropped the ball behind yeah. him and he picked it up and scooted away. That but, had no right to be scored. There was like three or four dogs around him. He's, he's quick. Mate, I guess he's quick, but he's not quick at all. I mean, he, he was just he just caught him. You know, they were going one way, he was going the other way, and he was just really good at anticipating it. Yeah. The thing that I took out of that try was how fucking fast is Josh Morris? He a, came, yeah, meter, exactly. Another meter, and he would have mowed him down. And he started. From, we still made contact. We did yeah, get him he around. Did, the he did grab him, but I mean, literally, he, he would have prevented the try. One more meter, he would have prevented that try being yeah. scored. And he started from twenty meters back. Yeah. And this the speed when you and see he Lawrence ran running hard, for the try, eh? Lawrence is away, and you're like he's going to score for a fact. But then all of a sudden, like the ground that Morris made up, oh, fuck, he's the better Morris by a country mile, isn't he? Well, it wasn't all that long ago he was playing reserve grade. Yeah, but so was the Ottoman. That well, was more of a Kevin Moore thing than a fucking Josh Morris thing, I'm starting to think. Yeah. He's a good finisher. He's fast. I don't know. He's... Uh, yeah. I rate him. I, I, I put both the Morris boys on, on the same page. I, I think they're both great players. So um, I would hate to pick one over the other. I don't know who's better. I'd pick Josh. Yeah? Yeah. Just because the day. other one plays for the Dragons. Yeah. There's B-Moz. Fucking shit annoying. Oh, because he's got a flashy nickname. You've dropped him. Flashy nickname, is it? Is that a well, flashy one? Well, or a retarded one? You know, potato, call potato. It, call it what you will. <laughs> retarded, I just did. Speaking of nicknames. <laughs> yeah. Princey got it to Gordon. Get it to Gordon. And I threw that one straight up on Twitter too. To say it was almost like I was waiting for it to happen. I had the YouTube clip ready to go. That's within 20 seconds of that try in school. Get it to Gordon. It would seem that despite his injury problems, he's lost none of his pace. He caught the ball in the space of half a step. He was look away and there was like he didn't have far to go. But fuck, he, he got it there quick. He, he caught it five meters out and it was like a, a 50 meter cutout pass and put him into space where no one could touch him anyway. Didn't need the pace so much. <laughs> But still, it, the, the players around him had a, an opportunity to make a tackle. He yeah. barely laid a finger on him. Yeah, yeah. He got it to Gordon. That's well, all that it matters. I mean, finally, Scott Prince listens to the fucking lyrics of that song. He thought it was just a catchy tune. <laughs> listens to the lyrics. Boom. Prince cares oh. not for that rap stuff. He's from Mount Isa. He'd be like, if Casey Chambers sang a song called Get It To Gordon, he'd probably... Jeez, that'd be an annoying, an annoying song with her voice. Would it be any more annoying than the actual version <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we can engineer a cover. That would be sensational. <laughs> uh, Scott Prince played well in the first half. Um, second half, the instructions at halftime were clearly, you know, don't let him fucking get a kick away. Don't get without, it to Gordon. You know, don't get it to Gordon <laughs> ever again. And if you can stop him from getting kicks or if you can just pressure the kicks so they turn out to be the usual gronkish kicks that he's been done doing since, you know, probably round one, 2011, that'd be great too. And that's what happened. He was completely uh, ineffective in the second half. And conversely, the Titans... Did nothing. Well, as yeah. as he goes, so goes their attack. So, if you can shut Princey down there, the options are, are nullified by about ninety five percent. I think. Yeah. Um, Cassiano and Payne for the Dogs. Their offloads are becoming a, a key part of Canterbury's attack. The second phase play that they create is is really impressive, and the fact that you want to throw Pritchard in that group too. Yeah, definitely. And the fact that they he can offload to um, Barber and also. Um, Reynolds as well. Yeah. Um, he seems to be really good at backing up through the ruck as well when breaks are made. Seems yeah. to always be bursting his space off an offload or an inside yeah. ball. Um, yeah, they're very, very key part of their attack. And I'll tell you, when they're on, or Payne yeah. especially, geez, he can pop a good ball. Well, it did look with that one where, uh, where, where Pritchard popped an offload to Payne and then uh, yeah. he popped it back to Pritchard who yeah. sort of rolled around the outside then to score the try, yeah. They um, look good, the dogs. Um, yeah, I mean, like, you know, if you shut down the offloads 
as probably and you probably get a result like Newcastle game. Yeah, you know, I guess I mean, so. it's so so critical. And I mean, they really opened the Titans up with it once they got in the groove a bit. They played some um, enterprising footy as well once they um, once they sort of felt like they were comfortable with as far as the result went. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the footy that they played from there was pretty impressive. So when they're on song, they're good to watch. Yeah, okay, Twitter, at underscore, uh, sorry, at brown underscore town underscore 88. How long has the Ottoman been a dirty little grub in the tackle, doing it all game? How dare you? How dare you, sir? Can't believe yeah. that even got read out. And actually, the thing with the Ottoman, I think it was, it was very funny that Ennis fucked up, conceded that try, and it was probably two minutes later he got hooked and the Ottoman got put on. Ennis was actually hooked for the Ottoman. Sensational. As, as how it should be. And We've as been we, calling for that for three seasons. And... As we record this game on the Tuesday night, happy birthday, Ottoman. It's his birthday today. It certainly is. He was hatched. He was hatched. Well, this he was, day, 23 years ago. He was forged, you know, of, of steel in some secret military. He was cast. Base. Yeah. <laughs> GT351 underscore Johns. Doggies fan, of course. Well, oh, okay. I'm just have to change this into English. Well done on the come-from-behind victory, Bulldogs, but much improvement needed to compete with Storms. Good effort, Titans. That was remarkably well-natured. and well, After you translated, it probably was. Well, he said, well, dine on, well, dine on the come-from-behind victory. So he's going to dine on it like, on it, like meaty bites or something. <laughs> At Ilias, clearly for the Newcastle game, Kevin Moore abducted Des and assumed his identity, but he escaped and is back in the coach's box. He always has intelligent sounding tweets. He does. But you know, the content of it said something about Des and you know I can't I can't I can't support any of that shit. <laughs> At Rev Sunny one oh one. Apparently Pritchard Pritchard's now giving free tank rides. Princey seemed to enjoy his. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Princey tweet that he wanted his money back, but <laughs> yeah. But I did like that tweet, that's a good one. Okay. And as we go on to uh Sunday, the the next game, the three o'clock game. The Channel 9 game. The West Tigers were defeated by the South Sydney Rabbitohs. 17 points to 16. Sydney Football Stadium slash Allianz. Crowd of 26,500 people. What so about the commentary carrying on about Allianz? And, like, don't really? Yeah, don't. I don't find that entertaining. Mate, as it goes with the uh, the, the, Saturday afternoon, the Sunday afternoon games, I'm listening to that fucking thing on the radio before I'm watching it on TV and when I'm watching it on TV it's really just to see it like you know I do not listen to those imbeciles at all um, strange old game uh, the, the points let's see the South Sydney Rabbitohs they had a double the Bully Luke a try to Everingham which is good because he just ended my fantasy side last week Greg Inglis one of one on field goals which we'll talk about later Adam Reynolds two of three on the conversions versus the West Tigers they had tries to Bo Ryan Tim Moulton and Lottie Dakiri aka Benji Faction and Benji got two of three. AKA what? The Benji faction. You know, where you have like, you know, the guys that are behind Robbie. You know, the fucking rift. Who's, be, who's behind Robbie? Well, he did have Brycey. He's got Liam. Um, he did have Brycey and Brycey's gone, which has obviously weakened his standing in the side. So, uh, yeah. You so know. Lottie's, Lottie's team Benji? Yeah, I'd say he's team Benji. How do you know that? Just a hunch. It's ridiculous. They're all team Tiger, mate. One team, one love. And playing like it. Now. Not really. Talk about it. Well, okay, the first half was ridiculous. I mean, the Tigers, they looked like, all right. 4-0 at half time. Yeah. I was shocked and stunned. Yeah, they should have been up by more, I thought. Tigers were Such was them. their dominance. Yep. 
We've got to say, when Seattle scored their second try, yeah, I knew I knew that we were going to lose that game. No, you didn't. I fucking did. That's such a negative fucking thing. Bush, you were still leading by like six. Oh, I know. And there was only oh, like less than five minutes left. Oh, I know. So you had like flashbacks to Dylan Farrell scoring yeah. hat-tricks in the last minutes. Oh, I know. I just, we have this knack in recent seasons. <laughs> Snatching defeat. I was just losing in fucking ridiculously hideous, embarrassing, fucked up ways. And to have the, the tries, the, the there's you know, a, well, I mean, dummy half tries. There's a 50-point 50, 50 game that we lost to South, right? Yeah. Humiliating. Yeah. There's a golden point one where we lost a golden try yeah, to South. Farrell, Farrell scoring his hat-trick in that game. On to South. Yeah. Yes, we lost that one. 100-minute game. Intercept. Intercept in golden point. Yeah. Warriors last season in the finals. Bomb dropped by a lot of the curious. There's, there's four off the top of my head. Yeah. That dead which, set. Which means there's probably another Took me 10. weeks. Each one of those took me weeks to recover from. Yeah. Yeah. Slowly taking years off my life. Yeah. I just knew when they scored that second try, I knew that this is going to end very, very badly. And I thought forward to tonight and I thought, fuck, I'm going to cop that. Copy for that. So and I've been so, copying so, it ever since. So let's, let's unpack that a bit. So you actually thought, oh, okay, we're going to lose, or you thought we were just like, oh, fuck, here they go. Yeah, I thought it's. Did, we're actually, like, lose we are this going game. to lose this game. Yes. Wow. That's te- oh, that's really that, that makes me sad that they've actually taken you. They put you in that mental position where you, that's where you go after when you got a twelve point lead with like five minutes left. Because normally, it wasn't all that long ago that. If the Tigers were behind by 24 with, with five eight minutes, minutes to, go. <laughs> to go, I'd still be going, yeah, we got this. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah, now I know. We saw three or four tries in five minutes. We're, we're Tables are turned. <laughs> now, I don't, I've don't. i got no confidence that we can hold a 12-point lead for four minutes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, let's go to NRL and Fox. Tigers are soft in the middle. Isaac Luke scored Dave, both of the tries that he tries. scored were pathetic. Uh, just, yeah, I mean, they don't. you don't see like, tries like that that much these days you shouldn't either but you do when you support the Tigers you see a fair few of them <laughs> we saw a few tries like that against the Dragons yeah uh, yeah there were a lot of soft in the middle ones in that game yeah you're right yes and we saw another couple in this game we we really did dominate them for large portions of the game we look better than we have all year for, for, for most of it but there was still an element of softness to those Luke tries which was very unnerving and, and part of the reason why I felt like we would Dead in the water lose. when yeah. when they scored the second try. They just you just saw the looks on the tigers' face and some of their body language. Yeah. Um and Benji wasn't doing a lot of talking behind the line. And for a guy with a C next to his name. Yeah, well he's normally he he, he is a good talker, I think. Um but it just they just seemed to be shell shocked, uh, and South seemed to get. I don't know if they sensed that they seemed to get their tails up and and wanted to have a real crack at it. And I think the Tigers were just hoping that the clock, you know, was going to wind out. down faster yeah. than South were coming at them. And yep. and as it turned out, they um, they couldn't quite get there. It, it was uh, it was just fucking depressing. And then you should have seen the lounge room, right? There was in the lounge room. There was myself. I was at my sister's house, so it was myself. Nicola was sitting on the lounge next to me, making jokes about how entertaining it is to watch footy, watch me watch footy. Yeah. My sister was there. My niece was there, and Jackson was there, right? Yeah. He kicks the field goal. Yeah. (laughs) 
the entire lounge room, with the exception of myself, just clears out. That no one says a word. They all just looked at each other and cleared out out into the kitchen Look, and just time, left it's me on. Go. Yeah, it's time to go. It's time to go. Stay the blast radius. No one, no one wants to see this. <laughs> Jackson was like, sort of looked at his mum. Was like, I've got all my toys here. She's like. She's like, Fucking just walked up. up. He's picked up one of his toys and just ran out of the room into the kitchen. <laughs> Gave me sort of 10, 15 minutes to myself. And Jackson comes in, climbs on my lap. Did the Tigers lose again, Dad? <laughs> and he wonders why he gets bashed. <laughs> yes, mate. The Tigers lost again. <laughs> Subtle as a fucking sledgehammer, that kid. Oh, and, let's, and let's talk about that field goal. I mean, it was a field goal that was so bad that it had to go up to the video referee for adjudication to make sure it actually went over. It went over just on the left-hand side of the... of the Just inside the left-hand upright. Kind of bounced off the left-hand upright, the inside of the upright, and almost kind of wedged itself in between... What's the go there? If the ball wedges in, you know, when you at basketball, if you wedge it in between the ring and the backboard, what, what happens there? That's an excellent question. If someone knows the answer, please tell us. I think I, it's I'm, impossible for it to happen, but... It was well, fucking awful close. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if that happened, I wonder what. The you deal know was. what? I wouldn't. I would Play probably tap it down. And I don't catch like losing to in any circumstances um, to a field goal and Golden Point, right? Mm. But the Braith and Asta field goal in the hundred minute game to send it into Golden Point. Ten meters in from the left hand touch line, forty meters out, forty odd meters laser. out. Fucking line drive smashes it over the black dot. Never looks like missing, yeah. right? Todd Carney's one on Saturday night. Yeah, eight meters in, forty odd meters out, bang, snaps it. Yep. never looks like beautiful. missing. Yep. Beautiful strike. Greg Inglis, Greg Inglis. <laughs> tossed up a brick, <laughs> threw a brick over with what looked like a gummy leg, like a prosthetic side limb, side. threw it at the ball. The ball just limped over, hits the fucking crossbar, crossbar, and the post, and still goes over. I find those sorts of kicks hard to hard to take. Yeah, yeah. Ill-discipline, again, is is the main problem. Um, there was one stage where they gave three or four penalties away in a row. Yep. <laughs> in the space of two tackles. There's, it's, honestly, and then you go back to everything that Matty John said, everything he said was pretty much... Well, you know, why are we t- they were still talking about Matty Johns? Soft in the middle. Soft in the middle. I bet you Robbie was thinking, geez, I should have just answered that question differently because, God, sitting on the sideline, they are soft in the middle. <laughs> Sitting here, oh, could you imagine at half time going, boys, what the fuck? Did you see what I had to put up with the other night on that stupid fucking show? Did you hear what he said about us? But half time was. What are you you're trying to prove him right? It was, it was still in hand at half time, even though the scoreline wasn't uh, reflective of it. I mean, you still. I had, thought we, we were well in control. Half-time. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. And I guess the Tigers probably did too. <laughs> well, you, like I said, you were in control until you know, after the 70th minute of the game. And you're still in control. 75 minutes into the game. <laughs> yes, Nathan. The balance was it. only ledger. The ledger was only balanced at like 80th minute of the game. Yes. So, um, so you know. You're like an older, hairier, more obnoxious version of Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Lottie still can't turn and chase. We've, we've established that. But he can score a try whilst juggling. Yeah, now Cirque du Soleil Lottie, style. Is it time? Is it just time? Is it time to just pull the pin on how the Lottie experiment? De- how fucking dare you! I'll put up with a lot of things on this show, Nathan. I'll put up with a lot. Oh, you come around with some absolute bullshit. He scored one try. You carry on with the sort of bullshit that normally I would punch the people in the face for, right? Every (laughs) fucking week, week in, week out, for two and more, two or more seasons now. 
Yeah. But I will not. I will not stand for one second you suggesting that Lottie Takiri hang his boots up. How dare you? Cost your How final. How fucking dare you? Cost your grand final berth. No, we still would have had to beat the Storm. Yeah, and but I think... probably lost embarrassingly there too. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. That's, that's where you're going to go with it. It's just such as my headspace at the moment. I mean, like, he, he let he let Christian Captain Snooze you know, beat you out of the finals. Can I just mention the, the Magpies Heritage Strip? Not as good as the Hamburger one. Really? you got a soft spot just because you, you like I just like the, my equal, the equal stripes on the Hamburger one. Like yeah. the prison issue. This one had, you know, like the la- the larger sort of white section and the black, you know, the thinner lines, you know. I mean, it was, more, know, it was I Googled, more Westish. I Googled Hamburglar. Yeah. The other last week. Yeah. Looks exactly like it. It fucking is identical. Photoshop Maritime <laughs> onto the Hamburglar. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I think you should do that. <laughs> Get your Photoshop well, skills yeah, out. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't lying. It is the Hamburglar jersey. <laughs> I, it, it wasn't just a clever, clever joke. I just given the given the design, they should have been playing more like the 1952 Magpies the Premiers. Not the 1999. Well, they did for the fucking 75 spooners. minutes, then they, then they played the 1999 ones to finish the game off. <laughs> oh. Just to you know, get the entire, just to be inclusive for the Magpies oh, history. Oh God, I don't know what it's going to take for us to get a win at the moment. We just can't seem to crack it. Lost you could tell, you could tell the difference in the in the intensity, and you could tell that they were really stung by the criticism, um, not just the Matty Johns thing, but there's been a lot written in the media, and they've obviously been disappointed in their own performance. So you could definitely tell the improvement, but when things started to turn around, they just showed no capacity to to stem the flow and. You know, get back to what was working for them. They just seemed to lose lose their way, and that was it. That and was the end of the game. And I think the sequel is a side that's so soft in the middle and been punched up so badly through the middle. Now they have to come up against Matt Gillette and Ben Teo and Alex Glenn guys that will punch fucking holes in the middle at will. <laughs> so that's to look forward to anyway this weekend. But yes. let's go to the Twitter instead. Marbro twenty two. Ha! At this week in league. I'm a prophet. I told the bunnies to come back through Everingham and Reynolds. Ha ha. Okay, mate. Shout out. Okay, Marks. At Chris Smith underscore 13. Eat a dick, Tigers. Where was Maxwell to save you this time? <laughs> <laughs> at Mr. Bowles. Penrith fan. I don't want to lay the slippers in, but LOL at Tigers. <laughs> Hash Tigers in decline. Hash. I invited him to come and have a beer. He comes from Lithgow. He does. He does. And I invited him to come and have a beer. Didn't show. Just so I could punch him in the fucking face. With a glass. Yes. But I actually invited him before that came. But <laughs> <laughs> I knew he was going to have something smart to say. At Cambo96. Thinks he's now, so this smart. one's going to turn you around. At Cambo, this is heartwarming. At, at Cambo96 said, I hope my mate, you, is okay after that heartbreaking loss. This week in league would be shit without him. Nate's too much of a gronk. I don't know quite what to say to that. I feel a bit dirty that Cam thinks I'm his mate. <laughs> See, we had a falling out on the weekend, myself and Cambo. Did you? And I'll put it out to the listeners as well. we'll I suspect it. that this isn't the first falling out that Cambo's had with a human being. No, it's probably, yeah, and I use the term human being loosely. The, the, yeah, Stephen Hawking couldn't calculate fucking the theory yeah, to determine <laughs> the number of falling outs there. But he's been going on and on Twitter. With, he's made this hashtag up with hash hot TAB girl and you know that girl she's like Jamie Jamie something and every ad break on Foxtel on the on the football yeah, yeah. games she comes on she's got fucking it's like she's throwing some you know like Mr. Ed's false teeth in her mouth I mean yeah. she's this massive you know, upper deck of teeth 
like a cattle catcher on a train, like old school steam train. Mm-hmm. Not that hot. She's passable. I wouldn't kick her out of bed to get to you, but she's, yeah. she's not pushing all my buttons, I can tell you. I mean, you know. She's not pushing my buttons like a deranged chimp. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. You know, I mean, you know, I'd be hitting the panic button, you know, like, you know, with anything less than like probably three six packs. But, um, yeah. Would you rather see her naked or Cambo naked? Yeah, okay. Kay's pointed, but I mean, he's not saying he's a hot TAB chick either. So, um, so yeah. So, the question is, if you've seen if you've seen this Jamie, what's the face, you know, whose name I forget, on those TAB ads, in pretty much every ad break during a Foxtel game, I believe. Yeah. Um, is she hot? Is she average? I say not. She's like just plain. Just average, you know. Like, I say who cares? Yeah, well, this is the, this is why Cambo's your friend now because you haven't you haven't uh, slayed oh, this girl. Mate, off. don't make don't try and make friends with me over something I would care not for. All right, at Devonhead, hope Robbie enjoyed that ambush more than the Matty Johns ambush. Fucking sweet burn trotters, at Chris Smith underscore thirteen. He's just gone straight hashtags, hash dominated, hash soft. <laughs> He's in there, at Tiger underscore Benji. Clearly a West Tigers fan and a good friend of the show said, I have a migraine from trying to comprehend what I just witnessed. How can one team have such a strong-willed desire to fail? And then he's... uh, It's a stark contrast to the text message he sent me trying to convince me not to kill myself. And then I replied to him and said, you know, do you want to to venture to, you know, provide some reasons for me, you know, why, why this is happening? And it went back and forth a bit. But then he said, um, this is Benji's 10th first grade season. Still doesn't know how to close out a game. Quite pathetic, really, for a bloke with the C, a.k.a. the captaincy. Mm. So there, what what do you say to that as a fellow West Tigers fan? I take his point. Yep. But <sighs> there's, there's always a lot of talk about Benji, you know, in the past, I've, I've always gone for the big play. You know, but now I know how to play more conservative and, and play percentages. And in the 80th minute, when the game's clearly going to golden point, you chip over the fucking top and give the opposition the ball back just in case they might want to throw a try on so, you know, no one has to go to golden point. <laughs> oh, fuck. As far as Benji goes, I'm happy to ride the absolute brain explosions like that because of the brilliant things that he's capable of. But unfortunately, when the brilliance dries we care up. not for brilliance at the moment. We need no. to start winning a few games. And yes. if we need to put the brilliance at bay, like we, he did some good things that got us into the position. And, and it basically, you know, a, a lot of the reasons why we were 12 points in front were off his back. So there's no doubt about that. But it wasn't, it wasn't just pure brilliance. It was a it was a percentage play. You know, the yep. cutout ball to Lottie was a percentage play. Um, you know, the probably sheer brilliance of the of the short kickoff from the dropout. That you know, that was a key play as well. I just, I don't know. He's right. He, you know, we just have that inability to close our games, and that's why we have so many embarrassing fucking losses like that. All right, Monday night foot bitch, North Queensland Cowboys. Surprisingly, given down in Canberra, they defeated the Canberra Raiders 22 points to 6. Dominated. Dominated, yeah, exactly. I mean, they could have beaten them to nil at some point, and they could have scored a lot more points as well. Mm. A crowd of just over 12,000 people. And what do we got here? Canberra, 
try to Sam Adeora and a conversion to Jared Croker. Cowboys, their points came from a double to Ashley Graham. Brent Tate got one. Ray Thompson got one. And Thurston was three or four. A much, much improved Jonathan Thurston. Definitely. I think he showed that Bowen probably is individually brilliant and he can control certain segments of games, but nobody quite controls in 80 minutes like JT does. Yeah. Best, his best game in fucking a long time, probably. Probably mm. since like around Origin time. Just did everything. Yeah. Origin last year, I reckon. I think the Raiders, bit more inconsistency, unfortunately, after what was a fantastic performance last week. Um, and some more injuries as well. They're, you know, they're much they're wanted. They're sorry. fucked. They're much wanted prop rotations taking a battering. And um, Joel Thompson's injury as well. Yeah. I don't know if that's long term. Month. Yeah, a month. Three, four weeks, I think he's got. He's He was freaking brilliant against the Tigers and he's a real key performer for them Um, you know he plays a little bit of back row predominantly in the centres and his defence and um, a lot of his hole running is you know is a good target for Campisi with his ball play yep Um, he can hit a hole and and Campo is certainly more than capable of providing the ball where he needs it Um, so he'll be sorely missed for like you say for a month I was really impressed with Ray Thompson as well um, it just makes me wonder why the Cowboys signed Robert Louis. Take the wife bashing thing out of it. Was it really necessary? Yeah, and given the wife bashing thing, I mean, you think of what they've got out of him. Zip. Yeah. They've paid cash money to yeah. him, and and they've and what they've they've received in return. They haven't received football play on the field. They've received and Thompson's every bit as good as Louis. Yeah. Well, Take Louis's best performances for the Tigers. It's not a million. It's not a light year ahead of Ray Thompson. As far as I'm he's probably he's probably more naturally you know naturally gifted than Ray Thompson I think. Played a bit more first grade but too. Ray Thompson keeps his hands to himself and treats a woman the way they should be treated. Well, allegedly. Well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put him allegedly next to Ray Thompson until he's proven otherwise because well he hasn't proven one way or another that's what I say I don't know the first thing about Rob I mean Ray Thompson's uh, skills in in relationships. But I just want I don't want, I don't want to put Ray Thompson in the same set, you know, put him allegedly next to him. We're talking about Robert Louis because well, there's nothing alleged about Robert Louis. He's he hasn't guilty. Pre- he hasn't. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, until until Ray Thompson, oh, I'll stand by Ray Thompson until the day you know he fucking you know kung fu kicks a pregnant chick upside the head and through a sliding glass door and then headbutts her and fucking drinks a carton of uh, breezes or whatever the fuck he did, which is possibly the, the least acceptable thing of everything he's done there. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> fucking breezes. Yeah, disappointing from the Raiders, especially in front of their home crowd. Um, with some of the form that they displayed against the Tigers, they would have expected at home against the Cowboys to, you know, on a Monday night. Monday the night the setting there. was the yep. setting was definitely um, there for them to to put in a, a another good performance. You can't really blame the Monday night turnaround, given it was still a full seven days for them. Yeah, exactly that. Um, and yeah, they just, you know, the injuries didn't help, but they they were never really in the game. Yeah, no, no, they never were. In fact, they could have been beaten, you know, thirty nil, really. Uh, but as for the Cowboys, pretty impressive performance. JT was at his best, um, and he got some good help from his forwards. Um, really, you know, nullifying a lot of the, the, the rest of the after White went off, a lot of the um, responsibility. Came, you know, Matoora had to play more minutes. Yep. Um, and he acquitted himself quite well, but um, that sapped a bit of the juice out of the big Canberra pack, and, and yep. the Cowboys forwards took advantage of that, and that allowed JT to do his thing, and he ended up with a scoreline like that. Exactly. Pretty simple, really. 
Uh, we had a, we had a bit of a spectrum from the Raiders fans who tweeted us. We had a, at HSV Raiders. How many effing injuries do we need? Another season down the drain. So that's Jeez, I think it's a bit early to be saying that. So but that's defeatist, yeah. And then then we've got the the angry ones at Troy underscore seventy nine. Fuck you, David Ferner. Hashtag Ferner. <laughs> and then we had Nita Beater, who is a manly fan. She said, uh, Ben Iken single-handedly ruins Monday Night Foot Bitch. Get a clue or get off my TV. <laughs> Which I love. He's up there with Ray Hadley as far as people that aren't a big fans of him. Ben people Iken. that are polarised Twitter. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder what the future of Hadley is, given that uh, we had Vossi back there mm. on the Friday night game, second Friday night game. I guess we'll find out this week. Clearly they... Uh Getting a lot of feedback from Twitter because fuck, he copped a pizzling. Yeah, I've seen like literally one person. Yeah, say he was good. That's it. Previews kick off on a Good Friday. Well, yeah, how good a Friday is it when the game on offer? South Sydney Rabbitohs versus Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. <laughs> um. 4 p.m. early start, guys, so uh, get on that. How do you see it? I think the Bulldogs, I mean, as much as the Rabbitohs had a pretty gritty win and a good comfort behind victory against the Tigers, uh, I think the Bulldogs are probably far more convincing. I think they've got more attacking flair and obviously Burgess's injury, which we didn't mention. Yeah, true. Um, that sort of takes a lot of the sting out of the Rabbitohs pack, so I think I would expect the Bulldogs to win fairly handily in this game. I think so too. I think I think they're probably on a, on a different level. But, you know, if it's the Newcastle Bulldogs, South will win it. And, you know. Yeah, not without. I mean, they've still got guys like Inglis, um, Isaac Luke, Asatasi, Dave Taylor in the side. So, I mean, they're not without their own strike power. I just think a yeah. lot of what Burgess brings to the side is going to be sorely missed and they'll probably give the Bulldogs the upper hand. Okay, and we have the second game down at Allianz Stadium, the West Tigers versus the Brisbane Broncos, which is going to be the nighttime game, Friday night football game. Um, and that's going to be live all around, I guess, because it's the only nighttime game, given yep. the other ones earlier, uh, 4 o'clock. At the time I got this, and this afternoon, the Tigers hadn't released their side. Jeez, they suck so, at releasing um, their side. I don't know what the big secret is. They're, um, well, I mean, even look, the doggies, the doggies had their side out. So, um, you know, if the doggies had their side out, given that Des Hasler is their coach, mm. that's really weird. Because, I mean, Des Hasler was notorious for fucking being super late on the on the team listing. So, um, anyway, the Broncos, on the other hand, stable lineup. Yeah. Compared to, I mean... They Named the go, same squad as last week. Why would they... Yeah, exactly. Why change a winning formula at the moment for the Broncos? Uh, Tigers, I mean, Big Source is going to be back in the side, Galloway. Yeah, Robbie um, comes back as well. Robbie's back from his suspension for being a cat. Um, and who else have we got there? Adam well, Blair, of course. They maintained Adam Blair. And in fact, did you see there was an article on... Oh, I don't know where it was. I was watch, I was looking at it on my iPhone this morning. There was an article talking about how soft the Tigers were. And the picture at the top of the article was a picture of Adam Blair. And then the caption was like, oh yeah, Adam Blair's missed, you know, missed like you know, 19 tackles and done nothing. You know, listen, it was just basically... Wow. He was the scapegoat, like one of the worst performers yeah, in the side. I, I don't think it's really fair to, to single him out. I think a lot of his defence um, has gone player, unnoticed. Huh? If he's if he's, if he's he's the shittest player in the side, then I think he should be called to account for it. No, I don't think he... I don't think he has been. He probably hasn't been the, um, the marquee signing a lot of people expected him you. to be. I think it's going to... Ta- I think Gould summed it up pretty well in commentary that... He's come from a very, very structured um, 
scheme down there in Melbourne and, and he's coming to the Tigers which play a completely polar opposite style of footy and um, that's going to take any player time uh, he's made his share of errors he's given away his share of penalties and he's missed his share of tackles so uh, but he's, made his share he's of hardly been alone well. sorry made his share of uh, sailing very close to the wind should have been suspended tackles as well <laughs> um, yeah I'm, I'm happy with the for my jury to still be out on Adam Blair, um, he he could certainly be performing a lot better. I think if you know by his own admission, he's probably he would probably admit he's not at his best, uh, but he's hardly alone in the Tiger squad at the moment. Yeah. So how do you see this game? I see the Broncos winning fucking well, smashing the shit out of the Tigers. Uh, no Gaddeth, no chance. Um, he's the only chance they had, and it's no surprise that you know South scored as many points as they needed to win once Gaddeth was gone too. It's a fairly damning assessment. Yeah. Um, clearly, I'm going to tip the Tigers. But soft, in, um, soft in the soft in the middle of the in the middle of field, soft in the pack. And uh, as I said, you know, when we we're talking about the Tigers game, um, you know, guys like Glenn, Thide, even Gillette, especially Tio, those guys are going to punch holes repeatedly. Having said that, what better time to bounce back against a, a team in form such as the Broncos? Um, Tigers backs against the wall, true Westy style. Come out swinging, come away with a win. Too easy. Backs have been against the wall for a little while now, and they haven't swung shit. Fuck, please. We dominated Rabbitohs preseason premiership favourites in their own minds for seventy minutes. Thank you. Yeah, he lost the game though. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> Tigers. Tigers by one. Broncos are going to take this one thirteen plus. Put it in your multi. It's a fucking multi-saving tip of the year. Next match. What do we got here? The Gold Coast Titans versus Sydney Roosters. This is another home game for the Titans, so get your asses there, Titans fans. You're not going to go Phase into- two of Operation Bums on Seats. This is the bit where we get the bums on the seats. Okay, cool. Sounds interesting. I mean, there's no free tickets this time. I'm not going to dissect the Titans situation anymore. Just get If you're a fan and you want them to be there, go there. If not, don't fucking win your neck. I don't want to see anyone with a fucking picket sign and a rally on Cavalav after the Titans get kicked out of the Comp South style. Exactly. Get your ass to a fucking game. Exactly. Okay, so... Roosters by 20. <laughs> yeah. Well, Titans, I mean, crucially, you know, no bird. That's the, that's the, no, the that's biggest it. thing, you know, like... And considering the impact and the and, and the influence that bird has over that side, especially when Scott Prince is playing like a bastard, um, you can just forget about it. I mean, the Roosters, I mean, they're not the most high-flying team in the competition at the moment, no. but... This is the type of game that the Roosters, like you were saying, you know, like winning the Yeah, I think it'll develop into a scrappy sort of game, and I think that plays into the Roosters' hands, and um, I think that for that reason they'll win. Yeah, agree 100%. Next game, the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks versus St. George Illawarra Dragons at Toyota Stadium in the Shire. Scene of the round three, I believe, match it was last season. Yeah, the Sharks got the mighty upset over the Dragons. I'm going to tip the Sharks for four in a row. Are you really? I am. Wow. Um, Dragons can be blown away by attacking flares. Sharks, you know, as solid as they've been, attacking flares is not really what I would describe their attack as. No. Um, Gallon's obviously, you know, he's going to get another fucking, you know, 225 points in Supercoach, of course. Um, see, it's this problem with the Sharks. You just, just don't want to be lulled. I just can't. Yeah. You yeah. don't want to be lulled into... I just, I don't, tipping the Sharks. I, I can't believe, I can't believe in the Sharks yet, that, you know, but this one, Wow. You know, this could get them there. I think they'll do it. I think uh, Gallon's influence will uh, will nullify the f- forwards, and I don't think 
the Dragons have anyone that'll be able to deal with Carney. So oh, I think Dragons' defense is, is Sharkies to, will uh, Sharkies will win a tight one. I'm gonna tip the Dragons because I think the Dragons defensively have got it, uh, got got Sharkies covered. Moving on to the Canberra Raiders versus the New Zealand Warriors in Canberra Stadium. Two disappointing teams from last week. Very disappointing teams from last week. Uh, obviously, the Raiders, and they'll be backing up, you know, with far less players, far far fewer fit players than they had, you know, going into last week. Mm. Uh, I guess, crucially, Cats here and McCrone, the halves are, uh, are in place. Reese Robinson hasn't been making a bad fist of the fullback. No, he's been going either. well. Um, and Croker, obviously, he's been going very well as well. Didn't the Cowboys exploit young Jack Whiten? Yeah, I mean, he had, there for the he had a fantastic debut, you know, a couple yeah, of weeks Yeah, he'd been back. going really well and, and probably could, could have been forgiven for thinking that first grade was too easy, but um, JT killed him. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, so Whether he's killed his confidence or not, that's another thing. Um, that being the case, if, if JT can do that, then you would imagine he might have a bit of trouble with Sean Johnson as well. Yeah, it's possible. I think the Warriors are probably more inclined to bounce back in this one. I think so too. Uh, I think their forwards will probably get over the over the top of the Raiders and um, and Sean Johnson and James Maloney will probably control things from there. Uh, interesting, Fisiahi is at fullback. Um, is that, has Locke been dropped or is he injured? He'd have to be injured, wouldn't he? he wouldn't have been dropped, surely. You wouldn't think so. He's been going quite well, so. Um, yeah, Fisiasi at fullback. Jeez, that's hard to say. Why do I have so much trouble with that? And, yeah, I just think the Warriors would probably be more inclined to bounce back given the class in their side and they'd be um, fairly embarrassed by their performance last week against the Roosters and should probably win fairly easily against the Raiders. I think so too. Next up, we have the Newcastle Knights versus the Parramatta Eels at Hunter Stadium in Newcastle. This is the uh, Channel 9 4 p.m. game on Easter Sunday. Mm. Uh, nights all day. Yeah, you'd have to. I mean, good performance from the Eels last week, where they had everything to play for. Can't see them backing it up against the Knights um, away from Parramatta Stadium. Just yeah, I'd have to say the Knights probably. I don't think that they'll blow the Eels off the park, but they'll win fairly handily. Yeah, and it just want to just remind me of a tweet I did. I think it's probably from my uh, Seagulls live account uh, during the game the uh, last week. Chase Blair. <laughs> Chase Blair, he sounds like the Tigers recruitment strategy. <laughs> what a player. <laughs> but he had a good game last week too, but I just wanted to mention his name because, uh, yeah. Um, Highmarsh, once again, he'll be captain from the bench for probably a lot of the game. You notice his minutes have been dropping drastically. He's sort of playing like 60 minutes now, 55, 60 minutes. Not the 80-minute player he was even, you know, so... Super coach people, if you've got high margin jettison him, he's only worth about 55 points now. Yes. Um, so, yeah, we agreed on that one. Knights now moving along to Sunday night football. It is a 7 p.m. kickoff. Yes. On Easter Sunday. The North Queensland Cowboys versus the Melbourne Storms up at Dairy Farmer Stadium. Cowboys, I guess they've been mixed up there. They've, you know, they dominated Parramatta up there. They got dominated by the Titans. And, you know, we've seen how the Titans have, you know, backed up in weeks to come. Whew. I can't. You can't go against a storm until someone gets until someone beats them. You can't really. Yeah. You know, there's no chinks in the armor as far That's as I'm it. concerned. I think you know they don't. They don't have any issues traveling. Uh, they always play well away from home, regardless. And um, I just think they're in too good a form to tip against them at the moment. Yep. And uh, Cowboys. Let's see, Tarek Sims if he uh, progresses in his return from that uh, horrible broken leg. Mm. 
honestly, I, I just, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. Cowboys aren't Cowboys without won. a chance. Yeah. But. It wouldn't surprise me if they won, but just on past form, you just, I mean, if you're going to be betting on the game, you can't go past the storm at all. No, definitely not. And finally, Monday night foot bitch. The first home game of the season for the mighty Manly Seagulls. And it's on a Monday night. It is, but it is on Easter Monday too, so it's not a work day. So, um, you know, the big problem there for games that kick off at 7pm is, you know, getting home from work and then, you know, having tea or whatever, you know, getting the kids heading down to the ground. That shouldn't be an issue. Um, and given it's been so long since they've had a home game, because um, you remember they didn't get Operation Bums on Seat shouldn't be any issue at Brookvale Oval because most of their fans are bums. Well, I mean, Bums on Seat to be uh, legends on the hill. Fucking talented how it is. Okay. I think Manly will win. I think so too. Um, important to note that Jamie Lyon will return, which is sensational. Matai, fucking sensational last weekend. Uh, he's back and, and killing it. Uh, Surprising that Foran's been named with it after his hamstring injury. In the yeah, they say so. that uh, they say it was it wasn't as bad as they as they expected. I wouldn't ex- I would expect him to perhaps drop off mm. um, because he's going to be given given it's a Monday night football game. He's got an extra couple of days to prove his fitness, and I think they'll give him pretty much right up to kick off. And uh, does that mean Buru will go to five eight or will Lyon go to five eight and then Vare in the sense? I don't know. Well, I mean, when when it was in the Desi era, you know, it was you know Jamie Lyon was never going back to five eighth again. Uh, maybe he will in this case. I mean, I'd probably prefer him to stay out there. Well, at least in defence, stay in the centres, and you know he can chime in. The the other thing is, um, well, we've got Vare there as eighteenth man, so I'd assume that it probably would be Jamie Lyon in that case, and then you know Vare just slot into the centres. Mm. Um, the other thing is that uh, Glenn Stewart is not far from returning. And it is very possible that he will slide in at the at the last moment as well. So if that's the case, fantastic. And obviously then you'd have uh, Harrison dropping off. Uh, good to see Jamie Burer starting again. He's been killing it in Supercoach too. He got like 81 last week. Yeah, he's good, eh? When he gets minutes, he racks up the points. It's sensational. Um, if the Pan- Panthers can um, get the best of the early exchanges through the forwards and... Um get Jennings some early ball you'd imagine that they give themselves the best chance of, of winning I just I just think Manly's defence out wide is going to be enough to to handle Jennings and, and apart from that and obviously Walsh's kicking game I just don't know the Panthers are going to ask too many enough questions of Manly to get over the top of them and I think I think that I think Manly have been really looking forward to getting a fucking home game finally because mm. you remember they haven't lost for well over a year you know, probably about 4,000 yeah. games in a row. Yeah. I think they've Based on that record, I'm happy to tip Manly. And uh, yeah, I'll tip Manly by plenty. They're going to put on a fucking a show for the fans. Because finally, they're at home. That is full time for episode 81. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter and we highly recommend it. So follow at TWI League and you can shoot us tweets through every game because... So certainly one or both of us will be uh, manning the account at those times when games are on because we're watching the games just when you guys are watching the games. So if you want to chat about them, go nuts. Um, we're also on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. Throw some likes on there for us if you haven't already. Um, you know, We've got a bunch of new likes last week and heaps of new Twitter followers. Heaps, yeah. How many? I, I, I leave the statistics for you for those sorts of things. We gained, I think there was at least probably seven or ten Facebooks. Okay, cool. Um, and I'm just having a look here. Yeah, we must have gained 
30, easy 30 or 40 followers in the last week, seven to 10 days. So. And that has been reflected in the tweets that we've read out on the show. So there's a, a lot of, of new people. There. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, iTunes. Great. And speaking speaking of new th- iTunes, we got four new reviews in the last week as well. Yes. iTunes was sensational. Uh, Billy Boy eight eight seven, who we got a couple of tweets uh, from through the week as well. He's uh, said uh, TWIL five stars. It's a great podcast to listen to when I'm not bawling my eyes out because my team has Kurt Gidley in it. <laughs> just fucking sensational um, then we've got one by one Geordie said uh, the best podcast on the planet five stars if you don't laugh while listening there's something wrong with you if you can get through the constant overhyping of the Tigers and Manly which takes up 50% of the show then you'll love this podcast find out who the Ottoman is find out who Cat's hair is find out how many different ways there is to insult Des Hasler and listen to this week in league like all good people do <laughs> that's a sensational review I love it We've got another one from NJBT. He says, good stuff, five stars. Just started listening to these guys a couple of weeks ago, and I'm hooked. I even recommended this podcast to my mum, who works in nursing, so she can play for the oldies, as I'm sure it will cure Alzheimer's, dementia, and even Parkinson's. Don't ask me how, I just got a feeling. Great podcast, go the Raiders. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of my favorite reviews ever, actually. And then we've got one from CK Jonesy, and we know who CK Jonesy is. He's a prick. (laughs) Well, I wouldn't say that. Uh, he's however, a cock. If you, no, no, I wouldn't say that either. He's a great bloke, but this review, it, it borderlines on a bit nerdish. He said, uh, Padawan, five stars. You would not Padawan, is the, would you? A Star Wars singer, right? Wow. That's, that's closer than I thought you'd get to it. All right. And he's uh, the best podcast in the entire galaxy. So far, so good. Ever since I started listening to this podcast, I noticed a significant increase in my midichlorian count. You know what that means. I can sense disturbances in the force, West Tigers in brackets, with more ease, and my lightsaber skills have improved dramatically. He's got a good grasp on his lightsaber. No (laughs) doubt about it. The force is strong with this podcast. I mean, manly. Gotta love it. And of course, uh, Jonesy is a hardcore manly fan. Tipping. Well, have you logged into the tips lately, Glenn? (laughs) Because if you have... Your results sure don't reflect that fact. I'm 38th. I've gone up two places sensationally. You're 88th, holding steady at exactly the same lowly position as you were last week. <laughs> <clears throat> the top five. This is the, the beautiful thing about tipping being so difficult this season. It means that the top five almost cycles itself out every week. Like it just fluctuates so badly. And the, honestly, there are, there's a guy, the Andrew Smyrniotis, who is number one on 28 points. He's two points ahead of second place. He's had a, a six and two sevens in five rounds, plus two fours. But then you go down the line a little bit, and the guys that are in sort of fifth position mostly get fours and fives. So it's a very achievable goal, this, this tipping competition. And so the top five, as I said, is Andrew Smyrniotis. He's uh, number one on 28 points. Three-card magic trick in number two on 26 points. Number three, Katrina Smith, who didn't identify themselves, did they? Uh, when we mentioned when we asked last week who it was? I don't think so. 25 points. Tied with number four, Skinny, who I believe might be Sky, on 25 points. And five, Whitey, on 25 points as well. So we've got a three-way tie from third through to fifth. Anyone's game, I mean, honestly, and yeah, Whitey, for example, he's gone over the five rounds, he's gone five, six, four, five, five. So a very average performance puts mm. you right in the mix. Fantasy, my team got 1,020 points. Glenn's team, 833 Jeez, uh, I shit out this week. Your name, undefeated. <laughs> How many are you in? Ten? Uh, are you in? Sorry, in five? Five, five yep. comps? Have you won a game over two weeks in five comps? No. Asterisk. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to say that I haven't lost. I'm 10-0 and 0 at the moment across uh, two rounds in five comps. And, uh, I, I don't this undefeated thing is not working out for me this, this season, is it? It's working out brilliantly for me, though. Brilliantly. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, your team is just, just basically mirroring the Tigers. I mean, as, Sadly. As you go, as you go to the Tigers, so so does uh, the team called Undefeated. Yes, exactly. Can you change your team name through season? Because you probably should put an asterisk on there. That would make it even better. <laughs> <laughs> I can try. So, yeah, I'm very happy with the fantasy. And uh, as as uh, things start to shake out a little bit, I think we, uh, we'll have to you know, collate you know, who you've got in the this week in league competitions and who's leading those and if we can identify them. Um, it's no not much good for me. I know in uh, the the this week in league competition number seven, I'm I'm tied first with the aforementioned Jonesy. We are both undefeated in that comp in twelve comp six. Uh, yeah, I'm really sucking at fantasy this year. Yeah. I just can't seem to get my handle on it. I'm going great so far. In, in five comps, I think I've got um, I'm first in one, second in. Two, third in two. They're all undefeated ones, so it's just a bit of foreign against at this stage. Yeah, I'm shit house. And finally, the shop. Get in there for the shirt, the Revelation shirt, the hats, the stubby coolers. Hit up thisweekinleague.com forward slash shop to get on board and grab some cool shit. And it's funny, we've got a bit, a little bit of feedback. I mean, the Ottoman shirt that we were just like sort of shooting the shit last week and talking about. Yeah. A couple of people were like, yeah, I'll get that shirt. So, you know, it may be the next one. I'll prove it by buying the shirt we've already got and then we'll... Put out Ottoman shirts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, support that shirt, and you know you'll see an Ottoman shirt. And you know, I can't even remember what the other one we we're talking about was, but um, it was in, who is the Ottoman? And was that one? Yeah, undefeated asterisk. That's right. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, that's going to be a common theme this whole season, though, because I mean, you're going to be just throwing asterisks out all over the fucking place, man. Yes. Well, I mean, if, if it gets me through, exactly. Undefeated asterisk wooden spooners. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's all we've got time for this week. See you next week. See ya. Twill Nation. If you're into UFC, strike force, and mixed martial arts in general, make sure you listen to This Week in MMA. It's available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and TWIMMA.com. It's out every Friday morning. It's free. Get on it. <laughs> <laughs>